Gates Gate Recovery. People in recovery, helping people find recovery. This show is pre-recorded. Owning and information, starving for wisdom. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Forcefully taking money from some people in order to provide welfare benefits to others, how will the people whose money is being taken feel about the government? Well, I don't accept your phraseology. I don't think we force people. Taxation is not forceful? Well, no. It's voluntary? In fact, quite to the contrary. Our, our system of government is a voluntary tax system. Oh, if you don't want to pay your taxes, you don't have to? Oh, of course you have to pay your taxes. But well, the government will force you to pay or they'll fine you or imprison you. We, we, have, a, we have a voluntary system. Yeah. Hi there, Kate Daly Show. How are you? It's a voluntary system that's mandatory, that you have to, but it's voluntary. <laughs> that was good old Harry Reid. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Do I just leave that there? <laughs> okay, so um, uh, this is going to be a, an interesting hour, I think. I, I, You know, I've had a lot of conversations over the last 24 hours about uh, taxation and, and about uh, what is what, what are we supposed to be doing versus... How did we get here versus, um, hey, if it's for the public good, isn't that good? And, and I actually, I actually want to go back and, and go into history a little bit, if you don't mind, and uh, maybe illustrate uh, some points that I think are worth and worth. Well, they're interesting to me. And so I think we'll go there. Why not? I think I, I, I as I've been having these conversations, one thing that's come to mind is is how I think most of us don't understand what the government has the authority to do versus what it doesn't have the authority to do. And so how are we going to solve that problem? Well, we can complain about it um, or we can learn and and understand a little bit more about it. I vote option two. I mean, I've done enough complaining. <laughs> so let's uh, let's move on to option two, shall we? Um and you're welcome to jump in on this this hour because I think this is a great lesson for no matter who is listening, no matter where you're listening from, this is going to apply to you. This is not going to be uh, totally Utah Utah hour this hour just because I just think that some education's in order and uh, and and this is and I'm calling myself out too. So this is why this I think this is so important. Um, let's go back to colonial America for just a second because these are the history lessons we didn't get in high school, right? So local uh, government, local government, um, basically had three things that they covered. Very, very light administration costs when it wasn't voluntary. Roads and jails. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much all we wanted. In fact, we preferred fines and fees to be paid voluntarily for use of things that we that we uh, took part in instead of taxation we had just come from the the government levying taxes here and there and everywhere and we didn't want that so we we actually instilled a system where where local governments really were the hub of taxation, if you will, not the feds. And, uh, and, and that's really where uh, most of your money went, and it went to jails, roads, and light administration. So a lot of people right here would stop me and say, 
Okay, Kate. Um, you know, look at our uh, look at our fire departments, our police departments, and all of these things. These things just have to be funded, and I don't think we ever ask ourselves the history of that or why. And so let's go down that road a little bit. Let's go down that road. So in in 1852, not one single city in the United States paid its firemen. Did you know that they were all volunteers? In 1852. Not one single city in the entire United States at that time did not, they did not pay their firemen. They were volunteers, and most of the cities with more than 10,000 people, and many with fewer, um, had uh, municipally paid fire departments, as did the cities in Europe. But until 1866, the fire department serving even the city of London was neither volunteer nor municipally paid. It was privately owned and operated out of the city's fire insurance underwriters. It was an insurance product. And so uh, so when we look at, at, at what we're doing and why, sometimes I always think it's so good to examine this. And, and is should it be privately owned? Should it be operated for profit? Should it be absorbed into the city and controlled by the city? So let's look at firefighting in London. Firefighting services over there provided privately by the insurance companies themselves in the city of London for some time. Uh, but this was never the case in the United States because fire insurance companies uh, benefited from efficient firefighting. They appear to be sort of logical private institutions for providing the service, right? You want them to be invested into uh, solving the problem of a fire. And so they were, uh, it'd be logical to have a private institution. So the reasons for the eventual establishment of a municipal fire department in London and for the absence of fire companies and departments owned and operated by fire insurance companies in the United States, those are relevant to the inquiry to the reasons of establishment of municipally paid fire departments all throughout this country. And so London neither had fire insurance nor fire departments before its great fire of 1666. Okay. If you wanted to go in the way back machine. And so, um, and so those voluntary uh, routes were established, right? And uh, they had their fire brigades. And then if you look at the development of volunteer fire companies here in America, in America, firefighting preceded fire insurance. So the first volunteer fire company, the Union Fire Company, was organized by Benjamin Franklin in 1736. And it was a mutual association for fire protection. So each member brought leather buckets and linen bags for salvage and, and, it, and obligated really to bring them to fires occurring on any member's property and to assist in fighting the fire. By 1752, the year of the founding of the first fire insurance company in the colonies, Philadelphia had six volunteer fire companies and eight fire engines. So volunteer fire companies also formed in all these other cities and towns. And then usually they were the organizations, but not mutual, but, but served all members of the community. These companies soon acquired fire engines because they paid for them. Later hose companies were formed to link the engines of the, of the engine companies to the water supply and hook and ladder companies were also organized. And then the fire insurance companies became less willing to make contributions to support fire departments, probably because of the geographical expansion uh, of the day. And that was necessary for sound underwriting and it weakened their relationships with the individual communities. So by the end of the civil war, the insurance companies were explicitly taking the position that firefighting was a communal responsibility, right? So the standard schedule of 1896 
See here, we're getting into almost the turn of the century. Also considered the problem. So for this is what this is what they said for a salvage uh, corps or fire patrol, if supported by the city, deduct three percent. If supported by the insurance company, deduct nothing. And so uh, and so by 1850, volunteer fire companies had become undesirable organizations for a couple of reasons. And this is kind of interesting. The volunteers were considered sort of the social influence, undesirable social influence, if you know what I mean. And the firehouses were meeting places for the rowdies and the corrupt youth. And so some of the fights the volunteers got into were caused by young men who ran with fire companies. And so the issue of the paid fire department had to be decided by the state legislator. And it was not until 1866 when New York had a Republican legislature brought in with Lincoln's reelection that a bill for the paid department for the city was passed and they started looking at it as a as a municipal so this is the establishment of city-owned fire department so the the willingness of the firefighters to provide their service without pay was pretty closely connected to the freedom therefore they had to choose their methods of operation right and the social and political benefits of providing the service and the volunteers would not have been willing to provide their services free to an entrepreneur who had control over firing and hiring and methods of operation this was about control a control on how you wanted that fire fought and and putting the city in control of that so city governments could have taken action leading to the establishment of a private enterprise um, maybe even by refusing to finance fire protection and ceasing to grant those privileges to volunteers and making arrangements for the transition of private enterprise through the sale of firefighting equipment to private companies. But they thought that would be complicated. And so by the time paid fire departments became economically desirable, don't you love that term? Fire prevention and the fire protection uh, were accepted as these proper functions of a, of a government-run entity. And then the voters had actually already accepted government provision of fire protection services. For a lot of people, they thought this was easier just to have the city do it. Then the city could control it, right? And so city control over the volunteer fire departments came from all this variety of sources most cities exempted the the volunteer firemen from one or, or more of the following so jury duty militia in time of peace the road tax the poll tax that came about in the 1600s and so some cities passed laws controlling the territory in which a volunteer fire company could operate and uh, and so forth so when the cities achieved control of the water supply okay when they got control of the water supply either by public ownership of waterworks or contracting with these companies or giving the private you know companies rights away to uh, right, rights of way to supply citizens with water the volunteer fire companies had to be granted the right to to draw water from these sources by the city this is why it got absorbed into the city so cities also bought equipment for the volunteer fire companies, either with tax money or donations from the fire insurance companies, basically running in competition. So the equipment was then given to a particular fire company for its use, and then conditions could be placed on the fire company as a result. Control. So finally, several cities passed ordinances bringing the volunteer fire companies under city control and the city paid the chief engineer and perhaps the other members of the fire department and then placed the volunteers under their control. So these ordinances were a natural income of city financing of the volunteers, sort of, sort of weeding out any structure of private privatization by sort of absorbing everything, right, and wanting that control. So the acceptance of fire prevention 
of 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 all of these functions of of government it meant that the alternative of private enterprise was not even considered as it was weeded out but even had it been government provision control of telegraph services water streets would have made the area right they said the unappealing one for the private entrepreneur and so this is how it gets done is the city sort of muscled out <laughs> all the other all the other advantages of of having the privatization and then also um you had them purchasing things with city money so when i come back I want to talk just for a second about what the city was in charge of and what the feds were in charge of and how it changed and uh, and how it's changed from over probably the last 80 years, because I think it's kind of shocking, actually, when you really look at it. So when I come back, let's cover that, because I think we need a good lesson in, in how far we've come and not, not in a good way. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Holds are offered internet billing assistance. The Emergency Broadband Benefit Program is a temporary government program that offers a $50 monthly discount on your InfoWest broadband bill for qualifying households. To learn more about the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program, including if you qualify and how to enroll, visit InfoWest.com forward slash EBB or call 435-773-6065. All right, boys, it's that time of the year uh, that we have the biggest sale where we need to get pumped up for. So, like, let's get a Hoorah on three. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. Let's do it. There's always an excited new guy. Mm-hmm. Where's all that confetti at again? The biggest sales event of the year. I'm telling you, it's a good event. I, I mean, it's great. We need more balloons over here. Yeah, we like even put colored tags on things to act like it's a lower price. Wacky inflatable flailing arm two men. Look, all jokes aside, we live in the 21st century, where you can do a quick search and find the best deal on any vehicle. Things are changing out there, and here at St. George Auto Gallery, we understand that, and we're changing too. That's why we don't need any flashy, gimmicky sales or crazy blowout events. We deliver the best price in 500 miles every day. So if you're thinking about getting a new car or upgrading, check us out online, stgeorgeautogallery.com. Delivering the best price in 500 miles every day. The upkeep of your home and community is essential, not only for retaining property value, but also for security and peace of mind. Max Maintenance and HOA Living Company is Southern Utah's maintenance pros, providing a wide array of services and resources, even in the event of damage or emergency. Max Maintenance team members are experts in assessing damage, understanding the claims process, and managing and completing the construction and restoration of your home and community. Max Maintenance can help. Contact them at 435-534-6291 or maxutah.com. Does your wife look at you with disappointment every time she opens the garage door? Rose Concrete Coatings and Design has concrete floor solutions specifically designed to make you and your wife say wow. Rose Concrete Floors are not only low cost, they are built to last. Protect the investment of your concrete, improve the look and cleanability of your outdoor patio and driveway. You can rest easy with their guaranteed coatings and stains. Call Sam with any questions or for a free bid, 435-229-2920 or go to roseconcretestain.com for pictures and samples. This is Greg Aldred, candidate for St. George City Council. I'm running to defend our American heritage. Let's preserve Dixie and fight the council culture. I back the blue to keep our cities safe. 
We need well-trained law enforcement officers who will uphold the Constitution and the rule of law. We must also hold the line on taxes and spending. I'm a friend of the taxpayer, and I have pledged to oppose new taxes. Vote Greg Aldrich, St. George City Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Plum from Plum Dental. You know, one of the convenient things about wearing a mask is it hides missing or broken teeth or other dental issues that you might be struggling with. Now that restrictions and mandates are being eased, we can help you take off the mask and proudly show off your smile. Our well-trained team and modern facility can meet any need and ensure that your treatment is comfortable and effective. It's why we've been voted best in Southern Utah. Visit PlumDental.com to learn more about our new patient and seasonal specials and schedule your visit today. Lionsgate Recovery has some exciting news. We're now expanding to accept Medicaid. Southern Utah has voted us best treatment center two years in a row. Thanks to your support, we're now able to bring the quality service you know and trust to help even more families. Come find out why we have been voted the best and how we have helped hundreds of people find recovery. There is a much better life waiting for you here. All you have to do is take the first step and call Lionsgate Recovery. People in recovery, helping people find recovery. How would you like to earn $60,000 to $200,000 a year? Right now, join the Advanced Air team. Advanced Air is looking for experienced technicians and installers now. Advanced Air offers a sign-on bonus, paid vacations, holiday pay, a company match IRA, and medical benefits. At Advanced Air, you can earn $60,000 to $200,000 a year. So come join this family-owned team today. Call 435-668-7454 or advancedair.com. Volkswagen has taken the all-electric vehicle to a whole new level with the ID4 EV SUV. Voted 2021 World Car of the Year. The all-new Volkswagen ID4 EV SUV is truly something to behold. On the outside, clean aerodynamic lines make for a striking presence on the road. On the inside, plenty of room makes for a spacious, comfortable cabin. It will transform what you think about electric cars. Best of all, you can reserve yours right now at Finley Volkswagen. 1333 Selma Drive or stgeorgevw.com. This show is pre-recorded. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Now we're back in the fight. We're back on the train. Back on the train again. Hi there. Welcome back. Man, with so many ED ads playing, I'm going to think I have a problem. <laughs> hmm. All righty. Uh, welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. Glad that you're tuning in because uh, I want to go over some numbers with you. And let's let's. I love to compare and contrast. If you haven't noticed, because I think context is everything. And sometimes we we don't even remember. I think last year <laughs> on what was passed and what wasn't as far as taxation. And I I think there's just so much to learn here. So I just talked about how the how the cities uh, uh, kind of a. Uh, I would say muscled out the the volunteers or the the privatization from the insurance companies on how they dealt with fire companies and uh, with fire departments, and it became a, a municipality because today we just sort of take it for granted. Well, city pays, you know, uh, fire department, police, and and what have you. We don't even we don't even understand. I think our history in the fact that for I mean eons we didn't do it that way at all. In fact, uh, the first uh, 100 years, we we actually it was more it was done by uh, um, insurance companies. So so there's that. And I wanted to bring that into it just because I think sometimes we don't really look at 
what we do and why. And I always like to know, why are we doing this? Why is this just just part of the conversation? Why? And so I just wanted to say, until the 30s, uh, the federal government uh, stayed stayed smaller. In fact, it had a few tasks, such as providing for national defense, uh, administering a small set of federal laws, and operating a national mail service. But that wasn't good enough <laughs> for, for the feds. They wanted more. Uh, after 1950, federal budget deficits became the rule, not the exception. And uh, 2007-2009 recession, uh, in its aftermath, that was caused actually by, by Clinton's uh, regulations that he passed uh, to allow banking to become very, very entangled in that, by the way. I don't think he gets enough credit, so I just wanted to pay him some credit for that. Thanks for that nightmare. Uh, federal uh, spending climbed higher than at any other time since World War II, and federal revenue dropped uh, to a, a level last seen in the late 40s. And so, post that war, and in 19 or 1894, the U.S. passed the first income tax law, and it was ruled an unconstitutional direct tax. Yeah, the 16th Amendment permitted the tax. If the if the Greeks were right, our liberty is in trouble, right? So, federal uh, spending. Uh, often gets the most media attention. State and local do not. And so, uh, but it's very substantial. And state and local government spendings increased in the last four decades from 8% to 14%. And this was about six years ago that this was written. The single biggest item is education, which accounts for about one-third of the total. And then the rest covers highways, libraries, hospitals, health care, Medicaid, parks, police, fire protection, and then unlike federal government, all states except Vermont have balanced budget laws, which which means any gaps between revenue and spending uh, have to be closed by higher taxes, right? Lower spending. They love to tax. So federal funding, the, the four main areas of federal funding are national defense, social security, which we should not have actually, health care, which the federal government should not be involved in, that should be completely privatized, interest payments, that's about 70% of all the federal spending. So historically, state governments have produced higher education, welfare, public health, statewide highway maintenance improvements, whereas local governments produced elementary and secondary education, infrastructure, parks, police, and fire protection. For some, for some oddball reason, I'm not seeing aiding business, <laughs> subsidizing uh, business. I'm not seeing pickleball courts. I'm not even seeing the arts. I'm not seeing anything like that. Isn't that amazing? On that list. Anyway, while the roles of, of both of these levels of government, they've remained, you know, the same, but not. So they've added to or given themselves more authority um, as, as the years keep going. It's more authority because they keep calling it for the common good. So 1960 state governments, state governments were spending about $740 a person, while local governments spent about 670. So state 740, local 640 or 670. And both state and local expenditures per capita have increased dramatically. So per capita state expenditures uh, topped $2,600 in 1996, nearly a 350% increase from 1960. It's a big increase. So, so 
going back to colonial, just as a reminder, local government, all they paid was administration, very light administration, if any, roads and jails. It's interesting how far we've come, is it not? And so as, as these forms of um, property ownership widened through the years, through all this expansion, economic activity, the property tax moved beyond land to include buildings, livestock, uh, tangible personal property items, uh, local administrators accessed all the components um, to which these differentiated tax rates applied, right, for generating local revenues. By the early 1800s, uh, license taxes and uh, public land sales and income from state investments generally provided the the revenue. They just paid those bills. The uh, poll tax that they tried to, you know, the per head tax that they tried to instill in the 1600s, that did not pan out so well for them. That tended to decline. And, uh, and so uh, there was a defaulting on some bonds, uh, principal payments from defaulting bonds as a result of the panic of 1837. And then states started raising property taxes, expanded special corporate license taxes, and even experimented with inheritance and income taxes at the time. And so um, following this period, right, the state expenditures accelerated in the last two decades of the 19th century. And then those expenditures were mainly health and corrections, social welfare, and education. And, uh, and then you have the burgeoning sort of industrial economy. So rising property taxes in the 1920s, significant property tax delinquencies in the 30s because of the engineered Great Depression, and it was engineered, um, to, ish- to usher in the central banking system. And, uh, and so all these efforts, they prompted all... All of these other adoptions. Now, think about this. They engineered this. Had they just let time do its thing, people would have bounced back eventually. It just would have taken more time. But they moved in and they decided to put on all these further adoptions for more tax, more taxation. And uh, then they started taxing wage and, and salary income, excise taxes, um, uh, motor fuels, cigarettes, liquor, uh, motor, uh, motor fuel taxation began in 1919. So you have this broadened sales taxation of public utility, repair, personal services, admissions, amusements, they called it, broadened sales tax of public utility and repair, and, and, and then also environmental fees. You have hazardous waste at the local level, impact fees, right? Got to get those impact fees. Um, and uh, those were imposed on developers to help defray infrastructure expenditures, where back in the day, they would have gotten together to do that without it having a, a tax on everybody. And so... If you if you go back and you look at um, even the state of let's say Washington, okay, this is probably a really good analysis of, of where we came from. And so, if you're looking at uh, from a territory in 1853 until the Depression years of of the 1930s, the taxes uh, that were applied there was a two percent levied on premiums uh, received by the insurance companies, inheritance tax. Um, you know, you had, a, you had a little, you know, bevy of taxes, tax on motor uh, vehicle fuel at one cent per gallon in 1921. 
um, poll tax, $5 on each citizen, right? And that was repealed the following year. And so then two special tax uh, study groups met in the 1920s and recommended that Washington's tax structure be broadened so the reliance on property tax could be reduced. Isn't it funny how it never does get reduced, though? I just wanted to say that because it never actually does get reduced whenever they say that. And so uh, so they put property tax uh, rates, um, uh, you know, they sanctioned those and and made sure that they took those in. And so they actually went from um, they actually added retail sales tax, business occupation tax, public utility tax, liquor sales tax, uh, cigarette tax. Uh, radio tax, conveyance tax, admissions tax, fuel oil tax, toiletries and medicine tax, store license tax, gift tax. And then uh, you have these beauties. You have the uh, cities, the counties, uh, basic rate of 0.5% tax. You have the public transit districts. You had have, you have the high capacity transit. This is in the state of Washington. Criminal justice, county tax, public facilities tax, baseball stadium tax, food beverage tax, juvenile correctional facilities tax, Football stadium tax, rural counties tax, zoo aquarium tax, regional centers of public facility districts, emergency communications tax, regional transportation tax, public safety tax, passenger ferries tax, transportation uh, benefit districts, mental health chemical dependency tax, hospital benefit zone tax, local infrastructure financing tax, municipal services for annexation areas tax, regional theaters of public facility districts tax, health sciences and services tax, Tax, local re- uh, revitalization financing tax. <laughs> and then you add the environmentals. Replacement tire fee tax. You had the solid waste collection tax. Wood stove fee. You had hazardous substance tax. Petroleum products tax. Oil spill tax. Just to let you know, retail tax from 1935 to 1983 went from uh, two cents to 6.5. The cigarette tax went from one cent to two thousand and five two dollars and two cents. Gasoline in nineteen twenty one one cent to two thousand eight thirty seven cents thirty seven point five cents. We have a huge population increase, paying more taxes, but you also see huge increases in taxes. Hmm, that's interesting. And so um, then you have the, uh, the privatization. Um, you have the government employees, which has, has become extranor- extraordinarily high, <laughs> and, uh, which we could talk about. And then uh, how governments affected employment. And you also have um, a number of, of, even here, right here in Utah, right here in my city, a number of employees uh, that they've added with salaries, uh, that are more than competitive, shall we say, more than competitive, and uh, insurance benefits. And if you're, if that's you out there and you're listening, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying that that we have become a society that thought that that was what we were supposed to do somewhere along the way. And how did that happen? In in uh, 1900, there was 125,000 military personnel to defend the country. In 1990, there was 2.2 million military personnel. A lot of money going for, uh, that doesn't even include defense contractors and and all of those things too. Um, Even more, even more. And uh, 
And of course, we could talk about privatization as well and how that works, where the city sort of sanctions, uh, sanctions pieces of that, uh, pieces of, um, of uh, being a capitalist where uh, they're still sort of in control. Hmm. I'll come right back. I'll come right back. Um, I just, man, when you look at the long list of things we pay, it's pretty amazing. And when you look at what government has kind of given themselves authority to pay, that's where it gets really screwy because nobody's saying no. Nobody's saying no to them. They pretty much are doing what they want to do. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. There has never been a better time than right now to start a career with Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature is hiring various positions, including management, specialty, and entry level. Balance of Nature pays competitive wages, starting at $15 per hour for entry level positions. Balance of Nature benefits are exceptional, including health care, fresh lunches, a gym membership and personal trainer, an unlimited supply of Balance of Nature products, and educational opportunities. Balance of Nature is making a massive impact on people's health. If you are interested in being a part of our cause and want to help grow this local St. George company into a global organization making a difference to millions of individuals around the world, Apply right now at balanceofnature.com slash careers. Find the culture and career you've been searching for. Again, go to balanceofnature.com slash careers. Volkswagen has taken the all-electric vehicle to a whole new level with the ID4 EV SUV. Voted 2021 World Car of the Year. The all-new Volkswagen ID4 EV SUV is truly something to behold. On the outside, clean aerodynamic lines make for a striking presence on the road. On the inside, plenty of room makes for a spacious, comfortable cabin. It will transform what you think about electric cars. Best of all, you can reserve yours right now at Finley Volkswagen. 1333 the driver stgeorgevw.com everyone knows that summer is made for fun what are you doing for fun this year lagoon is utah's home for summer fun and season passports are on sale now don't miss out on all the fun and excitement you can only find at lagoon plus lagoon's wooden roller coaster is turning 100 years old this year and we want you to help us celebrate purchase your season passport today and enjoy all the rides you love and laguna beach pioneer village and live entertainment all summer long and don't forget frightmares in the fall see lagoonpark.com for information and to purchase your season passports today Hi, this is Kate Daly, and I love my sponsors. Boulevard Mattress, located at Boulevard Home on Mall Drive, where you can get an incredible mattress at a low, low price. And St. George Ink & Toner, now at their new location, 237 North Bluff, Southern Utah's number one place to purchase all your home and business printing supplies. St. George Ink & Toner. Living in a community with an HOA can be extremely beneficial to all the residents of that HOA. But at times, the HOA Volunteer Board needs a little help and guidance. That's when you should consider CAM, Community Association Management, an HOA living company. CAM has become Southern Utah's premier HOA management company by guiding and assisting volunteers 
volunteer boards to protect the association's interests, enhance the lives of community members, and improve the property values of the community. For more information, go to camutah.com. That's C-A-M-Utah.com. Hi, this is Carl Lamar. More than a half a million Americans have died of an overdose from opioids in the past two decades. And the number of people dying has only gone up each year. This public health crisis has gotten worse than the pandemic, and it gets a lot less attention than COVID-19. Experts predict that around 90,000 people died of a drug overdose in 2020, setting a record of the highest number of deaths and largest increase in one year. A major priority for 2021 is going to be use evidence, use compassion, and get the treatments and support to people who need them. I want to tell you about my friends at Lionsgate Recovery, a drug and alcohol rehab here in southern Utah. Now, Lionsgate has helped hundreds of people overcome their addictions. With locations in St. George, Tokerville, Cedar City, and Parowan, and now accepting Medicaid, Lionsgate was voted best treatment center in southern Utah two years in a row. Call their 24-hour hotline, 866-471-9476, or go to lionsgaterehab.com. Lionsgate. People in recovery, helping people find recovery. Hi, this is Heidi Berlin at the Flooring Studio, and I want to thank everyone for voting me for the third year in a row, Best of Southern Utah. If you are a local, you know the great work the Flooring Studio does for home remodeling. But if you are new to the area, I'd like to meet you and show you how I can customize the dream home you deserve. You can call or text Heidi and Julia at 435 435- 767-8564 or stop by this studio on Tabernacle. Are you ready for a Mesquite golf getaway but thought you couldn't afford it? Well then the Casablanca Resort in Mesquite is just right for you. Make your tee time now for just $45. You get a round of golf at your choice of either the Casablanca Golf Club or Palms Golf Course. A free buffet at the Virgin River Casino and a sleeve of golf balls. Book your tee time at CasablancaResort.com forward slash golf or call 702-346-6764. The Casablanca Resort in Mesquite. It's just like Vegas used to be. This show is pre-recorded. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Just talking about sort of the history and, and where we've come from and, uh, and, and what we used to view taxation and, and how we view it now. And I think a lot of people sort of put their head in the sand and say, well, it's for the public good and, and we, wouldn't have a, we wouldn't have economic growth without it and we wouldn't have um, a beautiful city without it. And I actually beg to differ. I don't think that's true at all. Not even a, not even a little. I don't think it's true. <laughs> And so I want to talk a little bit about uh, freedom or uh, government control, because there is no true third way. 
at all. And uh, I also want to, before I launch in, make sure that you get over to Dr. Diet. Um, I did. I lost weight there. And if you're feeling that because you're wearing shorts and T-shirts and you're at the lake and you're thinking, man, I put on 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. How did I do it? And I need to get rid of it. There's no better way than to uh, start working on that right now and get rid of it quickly over at Dr. Diet, 628-DIET. I trust these guys. They're very good at what they do, and they can help you to figure out the best diet for you and what's going to work. And not even just diet, but healthy lifestyle. You know, what should you be eating? Because a lot of body types need more carbs. Some don't. And so you got to figure out, you know, they'll help you figure out what is the best thing for you and how to lose weight quickly. Because we tend to go more towards what the fat is um, instead of what's right for our body. So uh, just uh, get over to Dr. Diet. They're on the boulevard, 628-DIET. They have fat blaster uh, injections. You don't even feel them. I'm squeamish, and I didn't even feel it. And, uh, And then also they can do a body analysis, tell you where you're at, and really help you get your health in order, too, which is nice. Um, get over to Dr. Diet. They're great. Great, great people. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about this for just a second, because a lot of people, even Elizabeth Warren, I can't even believe she described herself as a capitalist to the bone. I don't think that woman has ever <laughs> done anything that hasn't involved a government paycheck. Anyway, um, so, so a lot of people are under this sort of delusion that government helps, and government is the one that, that will spur our, our economic activity and, and gets in there and helps. And this comes to us by way of Lud- Ludwig von Mises, 1950 essay, a middle of the road policy leads to socialism. And, uh, and of course, the substitution of public control of the means of private or, or uh, production. And so, so socialism eliminates the private ownership uh, of the means by production by capitalists. You don't want to be competing with your local government as well. And that's what seems to happen a lot when they employ asphalt trucks and they have all of these different ways to compete with what's supposed to be the, the capitalism, right, and the free market. So efforts to impose more aggressive regulation of markets, which typically amounts to more taxes and stricter government regulations, um, may fall short of actual socialism, but it erodes the definition, the, the characteristic of capitalism in general, namely private ownership over the means of production. So this is probably pretty important to note that, that ownership implies the right to utilize trade or otherwise dispose of property as the owner sees fit, as long as his actions don't infringe on the rights of others. Okay, So any restrictions on the owner's use, therefore, represent an erosion of private property rights over the means of production and a step in the direction of centralized or public control. So taxes naturally erode ownership rights of the capitalist by forcibly confiscating a portion of the fruits of the capitalist, uh, you know, utilization of the means of production, what they produce. Um, under his own ownership, and then shift them into the hands of a centralized authority. So regulations restricting free exchange in the marketplace, likewise, are going to curtail private ownership rights. So establishing price controls, even over one product, will not only restrict the free exchange of that item, but it leads to a domino effect where the end result may be a full-blown socialism. And this is really what we're conquering, right? Uh, right now, under our feet, is, is looking around and saying, how many bits of socialism are we taking in and, and just basically nodding our head to and consenting to? So let's look at the case of the price ceiling imposed by the government on milk. Because you, you're going to notice at the grocery store, it's probably one thing that isn't changing. Everything else is going up, right? It was established behind the reason to make milk affordable. 
and available to more consumers. So the result is that the marginal producers of milk, those producing at the highest cost, now incur losses because they're unable to sell their product at a profit. So in response to that, the producers will instead use their means of production like cows and farm equipment and labor uh, to produce, for instance, uh, uh, butter, cheese, or meat. And the result will be less milk available for consumers. So the price ceiling creates a condition contrary to what the government intended with the ceiling in the first place. It brings about a state of affairs, even less desirable than the previous state of affairs, which was designed to improve. Doesn't exactly improve it, does it? So to correct the situation, the government must add a second decree fixing the prices of the factors of the production, right, necessary for the production of milk, in order for the marginal producers to no longer suffer any losses. They have to step in again. So then the supply of the factors of production of milk end up being reduced, and again the government is backwards started. So this additional inter intervention by the government sets off a chain reaction, and that quickly spreads, and the same story repeats itself. So if the government doesn't want to admit to feed and wants to avoid shortages of milk, it will have to continue to set price ceilings, because now they have to keep doing it, right, to those factors necessary to produce the factors of production of milk, and then for the factors needed to produce those factors and so on just keeps going in a vicious vicious cycle. So the government is then forced to go further and further, fixing step-by-step step the prices of all consumer goods and all the factors of production in order to see the amount of milk the government wants to see produced. And no industry can be excluded from those price controls because capital and labor would tend to flow into them, and then the result would be a drop in the supply of those goods that had their prices fixed by, by government decree. So... At this point, the government control of prices over the means of production, this is no longer capitalism. It's all around planning by the government, socialism. They're in complete control of that. So this wasn't even theorizing. And during World War II, Great Britain again resorted to price ceilings for a few vital, you know, commodities, they said, and substituted all around planning of the country's whole economy for economic freedom. And by the time the war concluded, Great Britain was a socialist commonwealth. So there's no sustainable third way to organize the economy. Every time an, an intervention, uh, when, the, when the city wants to intervene, look at, look at the things we've talked about just in the last little while on the air. Um, Internet, they'd like to be part of 5G. SkyWest, they would like to fund flights, right? They do. They fund flights, multiple flights for a, for a, a free market business, which is supposed to be free market anyway. Um, theaters and the arts, they fund that as well. That actually should be on its own. I know a lot of people cringe when I say that, and I don't know why. We just assumed, like everything else, that it's supposed to be paid for by the government. When people will buy tickets, they'll come and see something that's good, and, and why can't the uh, free market play out in that venue as well? Um, For-profit businesses, scooters, bikes, um, you know, uh, racing tracks, I mean, you name it, the list is long in what the government decides to do, and they're always either for the common good or the other explanation is, well, um, not only are these things that beautify the, the uh, community and they're for your good, which not everyone's going to use them, but that's, the, that's what they say. It's pretty manipulative. Um, it's also the, the sort of um, notion that, well, it's within our purview to do it. We've already taken the money, so we've got we to spend the money somehow. 
So there's that one. There's that excuse. And then, um, of course, it's uh, it's look, we this is this is just part of uh, a way for them to control some of these things. Um, and they can do it through uh, privatization, which means sort of an agreement between um, government and, and privatizing. But uh, but then again, fingers are still in the pot. So so what do we how do we fight that? What do we do? Because it seems to be pretty pervasive. And as I was explaining today on Facebook, here's the playbook that I notice in the media. Okay, every time they want they, they want a new expenditure so that people don't get nervous and, and accuse them right away of saying, you know, you're not a king. You can't just declare that you're going to to spend this money. This is what happens. You, you they start out with the introducing their their involvement and they start out, you know, saying we're just going to research this. Then they go to the input stage. We'd like your input. Then there's no other way to get this, followed by the people want it. It's okay, because if the people want it, the 12,000 people that spoke up, the ones that wanted it, came to us and said they wanted it. So that, that references the entire community, right? No, wrong, but, uh, but that's how they're going to look at it. Then this is how we're going to do it if we were going to do it, which means they've already done it. Followed by, here's an increase of $157 million in our budget. So we have the money. Followed by, if we have the money, it should go to what the people want it to go to. Never questioning why they took the money in the first place. Followed by, it's a necessity. Followed by, the government is always here to be the solution. And then there is no other way to help the people achieve this other than us. And aren't we helping the economy? And aren't we helping the city? No, you're actually competing with capitalism. You actually make it harder for people. What if no matter what sector of, of in the workplace you are, if the government came in, which, by the way, to some of you, this is actually going to apply right now, and the government competed with you using our tax dollars? Because the government has no money unless it takes. So the pot of money is you and, you and me. And that pot of money keeps going up and up and up. And every time they want to raise it, they say, well, it's the roads. We need it for the roads because then no one will question it. Right? Even in the colonial times we paid for roads, no one questions roads. You know, roads is a very small portion of the budget. Education is actually the big one. Roads isn't it. But roads is used. Isn't that, isn't that strange? Roads is always used as the caveat to get the money. So when they do a boondoggle like the electric theater, when they when they embark on some of these insane um, expenditures and nobody says no, they just keep inventing new ones. And they're always going to start out with that research factor because it works in the media. It works. If they just came out and said, we're doing this, people would scream. But if they do it in segments, easy, sellable segments that that markets it to the people as something they want Oh my gosh, it's genius manipulation. You want this. We're just looking at it. I'll tell you something about the media. They're not going to report that, that the government is, city government's looking at investing in 5G unless the city's already heavily looked into this. They're never going to make a media report unless they already know where they're going with it. Why would they do that? They wouldn't subject themselves to, do, to, to that at all. doesn't make sense. So they've already decided that they're going to do it. And that's why everybody freaks out is because they've already made that decision. Now they're just putting it out in their press and steps. And I hate to be that accusatory, but this isn't the first time we've seen it. <laughs> the game's getting a little old. 
Um, gee, we're just knocking this around. Thought we'd make a public announcement. No, that means you've already decided. So that's a problem. That is a huge, huge problem. And I think it's rather manipulative, if you ask me. So I'd love to see that change. 888-673-1450. I probably have time for one quick call. Um, I... I, I, when, when I go back into history and I start really looking at the numbers and, and where we landed, where we've been, and where we're at now as far as uh, taxation and how much it's increased, it is an insane number. It's an insane number. Um, hi, caller. Welcome to the show. you got about a minute. Okay. Uh, actually, there were uh, roads were privatized or not privatized and were in uh, not the government's preview where our country was founded to a great extent. Mm-hmm. They called them postal roads. Mm-hmm. And uh, so even that. Uh, yeah, it wasn't across the board. It wasn't across the board. It varied. It varied all over no, the map. No, that's right. Yeah. But, but the point was is that mm-hmm. they were in existence and they, mm-hmm. they can continue. Uh, we missed about nine minutes of your first uh, quarter of the show mm-hmm. um, or third of the show. So I don't if you talked about police, police in America. I talked about fire, not, uh, fire departments. I, I did the history no. of fire departments. Yeah, it's the same, almost exactly the same history applies to law enforcement. Uh-huh. We did not have government law enforcement until the middle of the 19th century, mm-hmm. just like uh, fire departments. Yes. That's what you heard about the posse system. When uh, we had criminals, uh, the people of the community got together and they chased down the cri- uh, criminals. But I wanted to really, I don't have time to cover much, so I want to mention an educational-wise why this is all happening. Better hurry. Why? Uh-huh. Because people do not, do not know the proper role of government is to protect rights. It yes. is not to give people uh, goodies. Stuff. And yep. this is really a real important uh, point here. Government's role is negative. It's only to prevent people from being, uh, the rights being violated, uh, the initiation of force and fraud, mainly. Uh, Amen. And when it goes beyond that, it's a positive role. When a government starts doing something positive, it's always violating somebody's rights. It's taking us wealth, the wealth from people. I so we need to look totally at that. agree. I totally agree. Thank you for that. And I absolutely agree with you. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. They're only supposed to protect your liberty, not not devise ways to spend your money. <laughs> Good grief. Be right back with Melissa. Yeah, thank you for that. The 2021 Best of Socialism. Because standing in lines for flour and toilet paper will bring our nation closer together and tug at the heartstrings of equality. The Kate Daly Show starts now. was recently asked, what is the mission statement for your show? How do you describe the Kate Daly Show? It honestly took me a minute before I could even come up with an answer because this show is not like any other conservative talk show out there. This show is so different, but it has to be. It's not about propping up one party and blaming the other on a daily basis. It's about getting to the truth, the uncomfortable truth. I'm on this journey to cut through the propaganda that we've been fed and to uncover the truth about our world and our government and what's been going on. We've been sold a box of rocks in this country for over 100 years, and everybody feels it out there. We need to question the narrative, question what we're being told. We need to understand our liberty and our Constitution. Is this show controversial? Yes. (laughs) You will not leave this show every day without having learned something important or even valuable about how we view the world. We have to say what isn't being said out loud. And in order to do that, we have to check our fear and our political correctness at the door. We get to have over 400 guests a 
year that visit the show. I have nine incredible co-hosts that come and join me on a daily basis with a different point of view every single day. We have to get our country back. We have to. We are running out of time. Let's do this. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. I've got Uncle Milty with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just, uh, I was just kind of laughing because I, I put up a Facebook post about uh, the kid uh, that um, is in every interview yeah. for CNN yep. Hog, and yeah. for all of them, uh, David Hogg, about the Florida shooting. And it was a picture of him in a graduation gown from a few years back. Um, like a high school graduation gown. And I was questioning the picture because I'm like, now, wait a minute. I thought he was a student at Parkland, but he actually grew up in California. And anyway, I put this picture up and they took it down just now. <laughs> they just removed my whole post. <laughs> well, that's because yeah. you don't want a 22 year old graduating high school again. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that, isn't that interesting? So yeah, so Facebook is censoring away. Let me just tell you. Wow. All right. Hi caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hi. Hi there. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, <clears throat> um, lately mm-hmm. your radio station has been going off for like a few minutes. Yeah. They're well aware. They just barely mm. fixed it actually. So you're good. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I know, but I was listening to Michael Savage, and his is doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it happens. I so appreciate you. Thank you uh, for letting us know, and okay. and uh, they're on it. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> love censorship. Um, you know, every company has the ability to censor. I mean, mm-hmm. to do their own thing, right? Sure. Okay, so they can have their regulations, and if they want to regulate free speech and be that crazy, that's fine. They're, they're their own. But that's they got the their, government that does. Yeah, but they got their money from the government. To to Facebook. So now what does that mean? Because their money came from uh, the investment arm of the CIA. So wait, now wait a second. Then who really does own Facebook? We do. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Because CIA can't get their money unless we work. Okay. I'm just following the (laughs) chain of command here. I just think that there's a little more government involvement there than you care for. Um, But they are very much controlling the narrative on Florida. If you post even a question now, it is gone. Gone. Done. And I, I think that is very, very sad because all that says is what are they so afraid of? They the should truth. never Yeah, they should never be afraid of people questioning. I mean, give me a break. So they are removing any and all questions about the Florida shooting that everybody should probably have at this point. Um, all right. Well, I, I wanted to uh, oh you I wanted to comment on Dick Durbin. Yeah. We're live in Chicago, so I wanna so the the priest denied that to him uh that denied uh communion well it, because it of his was, stance on abortion but it, it goes a little deeper than that okay. because according to catholic canon law a politician mm-hmm. who publicly rejects ter- church teaching mm-hmm. is not supposed to present themselves to receive holy communion and so this priest father dwight longnecker has finally put his foot down and he's demanding that catholic politicians who have voiced support for evils like abortion finally be expelled from the church so he says today is the day for bishops to issue a formal statement acknowledging that these men and women have publicly denied their catholic faith and if not formally at least have informally excommunicated themselves whoa yes that's way deeper than just saying i'm not going to give durban communion right because there's 14 catholic uh, uh government officials mm-hmm. that were involved in voting against the ban on late-term abortions. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's a much bigger deal. Yeah. And if you're not Catholic, you may not realize how big of a deal that is because mm-hmm. they don't do that lightly. Yeah. Illinois Senator Dick Durbin. He's 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 one on my list. There's about 10 that I just cringe. I cringe. Well, I'm going to be praying for Father Longnecker tonight because yeah. he's a very brave priest. Very brave. Wow. Wow. Interesting story there. Um, I wanted to talk about this because I found that there was a wealth of knowledge in this story. Now, uh, Kate Millett um, was basically her 1970s book, Sexual Politics. They call it the Bible of Women's Liberation uh, by the New York Times. uh, had a huge effect on feminism. And it launched her as what the Times called it. A defining architect of second wave feminism to the country. Okay, in a in a cover story that same year, Time Magazine crowned her um, the basically the queen of women's liberation. Okay, um, so <laughs> her sister, her sister Mallory, uh, CFO for several corporations, lives in New York. Um, she tells a very different story of Kate Millett. And what's interesting about Kate Millett is she finally passed away. And she is sort of known as the movement behind the movement. When she started into with this design on feminism, which I'm very against, sorry, I, I'm against their entire agenda. Um, I, 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 I think a lot of people will read the history on her. They'll read the Wikipedia on her and they'll walk away saying she fought for herself. She was amazing. I mean, they have nothing but amazing drool to place mm-hmm. on this woman. Okay. Um, but, but Mallory's story, I think really needs to be heard because her story about growing up with this, with this gal uh, as a sister is so interesting. And, uh, she said, she said, look, she said, I get a kick out of feminist love affair with the word empowerment. They have clever formulas for ensnaring hapless souls into their deceits. She said one of the slicker moves is to create a vocabulary designed to get around long-held beliefs, taboos, and fears. And pro-choice is their newspeak euphemism for Mm -hmm. the casual murder of a human being. Mm -hmm. Dreamers means illegal immigrants progressives donates a group dragging us back to the cave um and uh sanctuary city right uh means a place where no actual u.s citizen is safe and she said this empowerment thing makes me crazy because she said all you have to go do is go back to eden in genesis where god commanded adam to not eat a certain apple and eve demanded that he eat it and adam obeyed eve (laughs) against the will of god himself that's not power that's power She said it only proves that man will do anything to please a woman if it means going against the wishes of his almighty creator. Okay, even to that level. And she said the point of the story is not that the woman is evil, but that the woman is powerful. Sometimes runs the show. She said women set the boundaries. And she said, look, she said uh, that, that we need to understand this because when the feminists like her sister decided on this movement, decided to back this movement, she said these feminists were so greedy for more uh, that they destroyed our society in order to prove that they were exactly like men. And in doing so, they've destroyed the American family and our children, which has resulted in the demolition of society. And now we're in a world where Satanism is on the rise, where judges are removing the Ten Commandments from city squares, where abortion is just 
trifle. And she said, and uh, and we even uh, allowed Madeline Murray O'Hare to remove prayer in the classroom. I had her son on the show, mm-hmm. um, William O'Hare. Anyway, and Kate Who's Millette. a very good Christian. Very good. Yeah, he's wonderful. <laughs> and Kate Millette to remove mommy from the home. That was her goal. And she said, look, she said, uh, she said, when women ran society power, it emanated from the home. This is so important to understand this. Men labored to keep their families sheltered, warmed, clad, and fed. While women mostly stayed in the home to run the children in the community. Mother oversaw the household and carefully watched the children's behavior. Most of the neighborhood women knew each other and had informal meetings in their living rooms and kitchens. Called, you know, coffee get-togethers, right? Mm -hmm. It was here that the community developed all these ground rules on how to manage children and husbands. (laughs) That is the truth, is it not? Any mother was free to chastise anyone else's child if they misbehaved. It was pretty unheard of for someone to say, how dare you correct my child, because they didn't say that. They would agree amongst themselves what was the desired behavior, setting community standards, household rules right together. And then good manners were required and trained, and neighbors backed each other up, and it was expected. She said the essential rules that moms formed in their infants and homes radiated outwardly into the streets, the schools, the offices, the boardrooms, the departments, the factories, the agencies, which framed that framework of Western ethics. It was the mothers inside that home. Amen. Amen. The communities, churches and schools all echoed the same values because most people went to church or temple. And so the foundation of our mores being, you know, Judeo-Christian mom's rules were designed by the Ten Commandments. Many towns didn't lock their doors even at night. And she said, so after 50 years of the almighty consciousness raising experiment to empower women now and during the recent Harvey Weinstein, you know, scandal, what are we hearing from the little girlish voices of the victims i froze i was paralyzed i gave in because i didn't know what to do i wanted the job i was terrified well that's some kind of weird empowerment that they achieved after 50 years of ruining our families to get there yeah and she said when i was a girl we did what our moms instructed we yelled no slapped somebody in the face and we left the room or called a cop yeah that's what they did she said but these women think they're so empowered and she said most people do not know the roots behind what happened in this meeting of these women that started this particular movement. She said, in 1969, I attended this consciousness-raising session in New York City with my sister Kate, where a group of 10 to 15 women, now think about this, 10 to 15 women sitting around were basically to blame for what happened with this feminist movement, by the way. They sat around a long oval table, and they plotted the new feminist movement and the founding of now. Their template was Mao's China, and the group confessionals conducted in in each village in order to cleanse the people's thinking. The burning objective of her sister in in consciousness raising was the destruction of the American family, and she deemed it a patriarchal institution devoted to the oppression and enslavement of women and children. Okay? And yes, she is a lesbian, by the way. They went on to form now. And all that organization achieved their stated goal by taking down the patriarchy through a massive coordinating promotion of promiscuity, prostitution, abortion, and homosexuality.
Are you tired of your vehicle? Want to trade it in? Ken Garf St. George Ford wants your car. Right now, demand for used cars is at an all-time high, so they have higher trade-in values than ever. Want to know how much you can get for it? Stop by the dealership and they'll give you an offer in just 10 minutes. There's no obligation to purchase a new car from them, but if you're looking to upgrade, they'll help you find the perfect new vehicle at a great price. Stop by and see them today at 145 Auto Mall Drive. And remember, Ken Garf St. George Ford wants your car. The 2021 Best of Southern Utah results are in. And the winner is Prolong Medical Center. Gold medal winner in the category of men's health. Gentlemen, listen closely. Are you having trouble with intimacy in your relationship? Have you tried other companies' erectile dysfunction treatments and were just uncomfortable with the lack of a customized treatment plan? It's time to call Prolong Medical Center in St. George, where they will create a customized treatment plan with advanced acoustic waves to help restore natural and long-lasting results. If you tried other companies and felt like just another number, it's time for you to call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 435-375-5000 for a no-obligation consultation today. You'll get your customized treatment plan designed to promote healthy blood flow, and over the course of six sessions, you can experience unprecedented long-term results that significantly improve the quality of your life. Call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 435-375-5000 or prolongmedical.com. Clean the air you're breathing today with an air purification system that will clean molds, allergens, viruses, smells, and disinfect surfaces in your home right from your furnace. Call My Buddy the Plumber for more information today and let My Buddy the Plumber be your number one choice in plumbing repair. My Buddy the Plumber. My Buddy. Yeah. My Buddy the Plumber. St. George.com. Don't miss Million Dollar Quartet. Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, and Elvis Presley. Experience the night fate brought these founders of rock and roll together for a legendary jam session. June 18th through August 7th in Tuacon's Indoor Haven Theater. Purchase your tickets at tuacon.org. I get a mamma jam and million dollar quartet. This is Greg Aldred, candidate for St. George City Council. I'm running to defend our American heritage. Let's preserve Dixie and fight the council culture. I back the blue to keep our city safe. We need well-trained law enforcement officers who will uphold the Constitution and the rule of law. We must also hold the line on taxes and spending. I'm a friend of the taxpayer, and I have pledged to oppose new taxes. Vote Greg Aldrich, St. George City Council. The July holiday sale is here, and Absolute Comfort Spa and Pool is making it quicker, easier, and more affordable for you to own your own hot tub or swim spa. Get up to $2,500 off spas and swim spas, plus get free steps, chemicals cover, and lifter. Come see why Absolute Spa and Pool was voted Best of Southern Utah for the last three years. Southern Utah's number one hot tub dealer, Absolute Comfort Spa and Pool. This is Kate Daly, and my show is brought to you by the Piano Gallery, located on the Bloomington exit, right by Bloomington Walmart. You can get a gorgeous piano for a great deal. Talk to John or Jamie. A piano makes a beautiful house a home. 
Best Mattress, the best place to buy Tempur-Pedic. Save up to $1,500 on Serta, Beautyrest, and Sherwood. Free delivery and setup with the Best Mattress 120-day satisfaction guarantee. Why shop anywhere else? Volkswagen has taken the all-electric vehicle to a whole new level with the ID4 EV SUV. Voted 2021 World Car of the Year. The all-new Volkswagen ID4 EV SUV is truly something to behold. On the outside, clean aerodynamic lines make for a striking presence on the road. On the inside, plenty of room makes for a spacious, comfortable cabin. It will transform what you think about electric cars. Best of all, you can reserve yours right now at Finley Volkswagen. 1333 Sun the Driver, stgeorgevw.com. How would you like to earn $60,000 to $200,000 a year? Right now, join the Advanced Air team. Advanced Air is looking for experienced technicians and installers now. Advanced Air offers a sign-on bonus, paid vacations, holiday pay, a company match IRA, and medical benefits. At Advanced Air, you can earn sixty dollars to $200,000 a year. So come join this family-owned team today. Call 435-668-7454 or advancedair.com. This show is pre-recorded. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. For that, song for that gem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. Wow. Uh, we were just talking about growing up, Uncle Miltina, in the break. And, and isn't that the truth, that the women... The women decided those community standards. Standards. They decided family standards. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they, they were each other's back. They, they helped each other with their kids, but in a good way. Uh, now all I ever hear is girl power, girl power, girl power, girl power, and you, you know, that's nice, but that's not the whole story. And it doesn't mean to, you know, to. I think women now, it's like they just want to push men aside so they can be all do all, and that isn't the truth. And I love that we're different. I love that men and women are different. I love being a woman and, uh, and I love men for being men. And, and so this is always interesting. History is always interesting to me as far as how we get someplace, Mm -hmm. what brought this on. And it was 15 fairly angry women. (laughs) They proposed method uh, was the proposed method was to infiltrate every institution in the nation, the universities, the media, the primary, the secondary schools, the PTAs, the teachers unions, the city and state governments, the library system, the executive branches of government, as well as the judiciaries and the legislators with their opinions on these very things, prostitution, promiscuity, abortion, and homosexuality. I think they managed to do it. I think they did. I think they were quite successful. She said their most desired result sitting around that table with 10 to 15 women was smashing every taboo in Western culture. Imagine that. Think of that alone. Normalizing of every taboo, right? Bestiality, Satanism, pornography, promiscuity, witchcraft, you name it. That was their goal. They stated it. They believed in it. That's what they yearned for. 15 women sitting around that table. Um, Let me say this. 
I've never once met a feminist I wanted to have lunch with, okay? And I say that really with absolute honesty. I've never met one I wanted to spend five minutes with. I feel like they're angry. I feel like they are uh, just hostile. I I don't want to spend time with them. And um, that should say volumes because you know how I always say, by their fruit you shall know them Mm -hmm. on the show? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I've never met a feminist that I went, oh, now that is a great person. (laughs) I really like her. Ever? No, they're, yeah. they're pretty amazing. Even your even your uh, grandma made you go to Bible class. Yes, when when I was young, I did not come from a family that was religious mm-hmm. at all. But right. my grandma, there was a church up at the end of the street we lived at. I think it was a Methodist mm-hmm. church. And every Sunday we had to go up and go to the kids' Bible class right. up at that church. And it it was not a choice. And it was to learn morality. That was the reason we went. Right. No other reason. I know. And I'm sure people out there are shaking their head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where you learn that, the code of ethics for your life. Okay. So she said the normal, normal is, uh, she's talking about her sister, Kate Millett. And this is Mallory. And she's saying this totally different story about growing up with her because she was actually very, very mentally ill and nobody knew it. Nobody was realizing it. She was scared to death of her. She was scared that her sister was going to kill her from the time she was a baby. Um, so Kate Millett's sort of like the father of feminism. And they sat in a room with 15 gals and decided now and NOW and what they were going to do to really get rid of taboos. Because if you can get rid of taboos, you can change a society. Absolutely. And so the taboos being um, that... Satanism is bad, bestiality is bad, pornography is bad, promiscuity is bad, witchcraft and pedophilia. Those are all horrible things. That's why they are taboos. But they were seeking to turn all of those on their head so that they wouldn't be any longer, so they would be accepted. Okay? So so she said, look, she said... My sister Kate decided her contribution would be to establish women's studies courses at every U.S. college and university, which she efficiently executed. And on examination, these courses emerge as nothing more than Marxism 101. She said she taught that the family is literally a slave unit with the man and, uh, and that two of her own books were required reading in the course. Wow. That was the first thing she did. So keep that in mind when you think about these people that, that are changing society and, wh- and how they do it. This is how she t- first did it. She said, in these classes, young girls were conditioned into uh, murderers who will dispense of their own precious unborn child as readily as a dirty Kleenex without a twinge because it's my body, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. She said, I can hear. I can't hear of the 70 million Americans killed before birth without a catch in my heart over Kate's role in this, her sister's role in this, because this was truly what she was going to to pursue um and also the message be a slut and be proud of it she said that was her other mantra um yep and no there are no rules orgies whatever it is try everything there's no rules to anything so uh, the woman whose job it is to construct the basic rules threw them all to the wind and she ran away from home and uh and yeah to run the world this is basically what she wanted to do she had or they had women running the sec the secret service the irs the dnc they ran they run so many things now that a great many of them are under investigation with one female head of department after another, either lying or refusing to answer legitimate questions when we, the people, ask. Okay? 
So think about all the heads of those mm-hmm. positions. They infiltrated every system, Department of Education, media, entertainment, government, justice, Wall Street, you name it, for decades since they started their stealth invasion um, of this. The father in every sitcom has been debased, most of all clueless. She said, I'm dumbfounded at the efficiency at which these women recruited others and wheedled their way into everything in a short 50 years. Think about that. That's a short amount of time to do all of this. And yes, women, uh, women is one hell of a powerful force. Well, now we have a nightmare army of militant feminists. Lois Lerner, Susan Rice, Loretta Lynch, Sally Yates, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, all of these people, Nancy Pelosi, Oprah, all of them. Um, and she said, that's what outlaws create, chaos. And that's what they've created. And she said growing up with her um, was a nightmare. They actually tried to get her committed because her mental illness was getting so far out of whack. And the if you go and you look at the biography for Kate Willett, mm-hmm. the one that, that the press writes, it says that her family tried to put her in there against her will and she fought. She fought so hard and she got out and she claimed herself. Well, her family says they were afraid of her at every turn. Did you know she she yeah. did some kind of sculpting artwork too? Yeah. There's yeah. a there's a picture of her sitting in front of one of her works of art. Mm-hmm. It's it's these three uh, circles yeah. with two women's legs st- sticking yep. out. Yeah. And what's between the two women's legs? Toilets. Oh jeez. Toilets. That's what she thought of herself. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. That's a, I mean, that to well, me, that's an amazing insight that, into that what really she thought of herself. Very showing. Toilets between a woman's legs. Yep, yep. She, and she often wondered, wow, her sister said, you know, about her mental instability throughout her entire life. She said even as a small baby and a child, she remembers being afraid uh, whenever she went near her. But she said, you know, did that have anything to do with her radicalism or vice versa? Did that affect or did the radicalism affect her mental state, which it can do with some women? Right. She said she was mentally ill for as long as I remember when I was she was five when I was born. And she said our older sister, Sally, says that once I arrived, Kate was hanging over my bassinet, plotting my murder. She said, we shared a bedroom from birth. From my earliest memory, I recall trembling from the vibrations of her insanity. She was the most disturbed, uh, evil, dishonest person I've ever known. She tried to kill me so many times that now it's an enormous blur of traumatizing horror in my life. She said she was a sadist, a torturer, a deeply ingrained bully who took immense pleasure in hurting others. She was expelled multiple times from every school she attended. And and she said, I spent my childhood tiptoeing through the house as to not be noticed by dreadful Kate. And this is the woman that decided that she wanted to change our nation and started putting things forward that absolutely did. She said, look, she said, I, it's my sister, but she didn't have those feelings for her because of this whole life like this. And she said, um, she said, look, we tried. We tried so many times to help her with medication and things like that. She wouldn't take it. And uh, she said, Kate announced her atheism, atheism very early on. And the vacuum created sucked in even more corruption, lying, stealing, and fury and domination of others. And she said, uh, she said, basically, uh, she tossed everything out of her life. She said, to quote Dennis Prager, my belief in God and the afterlife keeps me sane. <laughs> and in Kate's, in Kate's case, um, she was an atheist early on and, and really sort of really fell off the wagon after that. But she said, um, 
She said, I love the term feminazi, as these humorless women are indeed fascists, killers of faith and society. So many people think the rise of women and the evisceration of our culture are somehow coincidental. Like with the times changing, times are changing, as as, uh, Dylan would say. But she said, but it's but it's been calculated. It's been deliberate. It's the only way America can be fundamentally transformed into the Marxist test tube is to dazzle the world. And it's the result of hate, hate God, hate life, hate society, hate men, hate babies, hate history, hate our fathers, hate families, mm-hmm. hating our white male founders, hating happiness, hating heterosexuality, hating Western Civ. She said, isn't that what madness is? It hating is. all of that and living in that? Yeah. She said, I was with them at the table when they founded the women's movement. And they founded now NOW. The entire slated point of their activities was to destroy the American family. And with that, Western civilization, that's crazy. And she said they were driven by destruction and deeply violent impulses towards men and patriarchy. Their goal to establish a a matriarchy in order to end all war, because that's what men do, wage war. They believe that if women ran everything, there'd be no more war. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they were willing to go to war to prove it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And in their madness, they've conspired to destroy masculinity, drugging our little boys while making them into little girls, and thus emboldening our enemies who now see us as easy pickings. No nation is easier to overwhelm than one which has feminized the men and put females at the head of the tribe, no matter what they believe in. That's why when Hillary wanted to be president, it was like Hillary isn't that woman to me. Hillary's Hillary's well, Hillary's insane, but Hillary is not and she's evil. But but that's not womanhood. And these women, these feminists didn't care. They didn't care. You know, she had breasts. Therefore, she was the movement. And I thought you can't get anyone better than a, a, a psychopath in office. I mean, that's 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 who that's what represents that's us. I mean, want. give yeah. me a break. I'd rather have a man again and again and again than a woman like that. Um, and so she basically uh, said, look, she said, matriarchs, matriarchies never survive, never have and never will. There is a reason for the order in things. Yep. Called God. Called God, yeah. <laughs> and there's a reason that we have men and women and that uh, that men have certain roles and women have certain roles. And so they plotted for Hillary Clinton to go to the White House. That's all they cared about. It's all they wanted. Even though she was a proven liar, they didn't care. They didn't care one bit. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yeah. Um, just to hopefully add uh, something sure. official to what you've said already. You bet. Um, the balance is what I go for. I mean, mm-hmm. I agree with you that... I don't want matriarchy or patriarchy mm-hmm. leading the world. I want it to work together in a balanced mm-hmm. fairness. You Partners. know, because there are flaws in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some great things that mm-hmm. uh, leaders in the past have done, but there have been some progress. The first wave of feminism saying equality for women, mm-hmm. uh, saying that they uh, aren't property of their husband or father or brother. Mm-hmm. That's a good step. Right. Okay. Uh, there have been, um, you know, it's not all bad. And so mm-hmm. I think I think speaking in binary terms is dangerous on either side. There has never been a better time than right now to start a career with Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature is hiring various positions, including management, 
specialty, and entry level. Balance of Nature pays competitive wages starting at $15 per hour for entry level positions. Balance of Nature benefits are exceptional, including health care, fresh lunches, a gym membership and personal trainer, an unlimited supply of Balance of Nature products, and educational opportunities. Balance of Nature is making a massive impact on people's health. If you are interested in being a part of our cause and want to help grow this local St. George company into a global organization making a difference to millions of individuals around the world, apply right now at balanceofnature.com slash careers. Find the culture and career you've been searching for. Again, go to balanceofnature.com slash careers. Are you tired of your vehicle? Want to trade it in? Ken Garf St. George Ford wants your car. Right now, demand for used cars is at an all-time high, so they have higher trade-in values than ever. Want to know how much you can get for it? Stop by the dealership and they'll give you an offer in just 10 minutes. There's no obligation to purchase a new car from them, but if you're looking to upgrade, they'll help you find the perfect new vehicle at a great price. Stop by and see them today at 145 Auto Mall Drive. And remember, Ken Garf St. George Ford wants your car. After only a few years of collecting sweat, dead skin, dust mites, and other goodies, your mattress can get a little funky. Hi, I'm Dave Mizrahi, owner of Best Mattress. Now's the time to trade in your old mattress and get up to $150 in trade-in cash savings on a new Serta, Sealy, or Beautyrest mattress while providing you with the highest level of safety and service for a healthy night's sleep. Best Mattress, home of the 120-day sleep-easy guarantee. See store details. Hi, this is Carl Lamar. When the pandemic hit last March, the U.S. was already facing another major public health crisis, the opioid epidemic. Overdose deaths soared. Experts predict that around 90,000 people died of a drug overdose in 2020, setting a record of the highest number of deaths and largest increase in one year. It's no exception for Southern Utah, but there are measures that can be taken to mitigate that damage. A major priority for 2021 is going to be use evidence, use compassion, and get the treatments and support to people who need them. Let me tell you about Lionsgate Recovery. Lionsgate is a drug and alcohol rehab here in Southern Utah. They have locations in St. George, Tokerville, Cedar City, and Perwin, and they now accept Medicaid. Lionsgate was voted best treatment center in Southern Utah two years in a row. Call their 24-hour hotline, 866-471-9476, or go to lionsgaterehab.com. Lionsgate, people in recovery, helping people find recovery. The upkeep of your home and community is essential, not only for retaining property value, but also for security and peace of mind. Max Maintenance, an HOA living company, is Southern Utah's main Maintenance Pros, providing a wide array of services and resources, even in the event of damage or emergency. Max Maintenance team members are experts in assessing damage, understanding the claims process, and managing and completing the construction and restoration of your home and community. Max Maintenance can help. Contact them at 435-534-6291 or maxutah.com. Thanks for listening to the Kate Daly Show. All opinions expressed by the program participants on The Kate Daly Show are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of St. George News Radio, KZNU, Canyon Media, or their respective parent companies or advertisers. If you'd like to comment directly, talk lines are open at 888-673-1450. That's 888-673-1450. Or you may email directly at kate at canyonmedia.net. 
Everyone knows that summer is made for fun. What are you doing for fun this year? Lagoon is Utah's home for summer fun, and season passports are on sale now. Don't miss out on all the fun and excitement you can only find at Lagoon. Plus, Lagoon's wooden roller coaster is turning 100 years old this year, and we want you to help us celebrate. Purchase your season passport today and enjoy all the rides you love and Laguna Beach, Pioneer Village, and live entertainment all summer long. And don't forget, Frightmare's in the fall. See LagoonPark.com for information and to purchase your season passports today. This is James over at Garage Doors Only. Did you know that replacing your garage door gives you the most bang for your buck when you're remodeling? Here at Garage Doors Only, we can assist you in picking out a perfectly matched garage door for your home. Do you have an HOA? No problem. Is your house over 10 years old? Not a problem. Come visit our showroom at 689 North Bluff and I will personally help you pick out the best looking energy efficient door for your needs. We team with LiftMaster and Clopay to bring you the best warranties in the business. Schedule your appointment today at 435-868-1200. What you're dealing with. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. over there eyes closed enjoying the sound of silence by disturbed it is a great rendition of that song by the way love it um welcome back to the show you can actually get us on itunes and also soundcloud go to katedallyradio.com you can email me any comments about today's show kate at katedallyradio.com let me say something about kate millette um Wow. Uh, She was actually, her sister said she had enablers everywhere. She was worshipped on all seven continents. They did a massive intervention several different times when she was traveling abroad to even put her in a situation where she could get medication because she was so psychotic. But she was the mother of the feminist movement. And 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 her sister Mallory said, without a doubt over time, she once she became enmeshed in the larger group of leftist activists around the world, her madness, buoyed by their lunacy too, became even greater and more impossible to penetrate. Their groupthink is so dense, so full of lies, the vocabulary so deceptive, designed to brainwash that just to witness it and their interactions from a distance is beyond alarming. She said, after we buried my mother, I never spoke with Kate again. Um, As I finally come to accept that there was no honest communication with this mental illness that is today's liberalism. Finally, she said, I left the room. She finally died later on in life, right? She just died Mm -hmm. a couple years back. And, uh, The fascinating thing about this to me is that so many women followed this garbage, followed this woman, and she was clearly mentally ill. She had some pretty different life partners. Um, She was a lesbian, Um, and she 
here she formed this movement by first getting her her two books as required reading um, for her uh, women's courses in college. Mm -hmm. Think about how many women go to school now to graduate in women's studies. Yes. And it's Marxism 101. That's what they're learning. That's what they're being spoon fed. And her book, you know, the, the description of her book starts out like this. Identifying patriarchy mm-hmm. as a socially conditioned belief system masquerading as nature. <laughs> masquerading Lord. as nature. It is nature. Yeah. It's not masquerading as yeah. nature. There's men and women, male and yeah. female. And and like we were saying on the on the break too, um, you know, when when I talk about the different roles for for women and men, I'm really I'm really saying that women and men have different life lessons. We have different things we need to learn and demonstrate. We are put on the earth for different reasons, and that we need to respect that in each other, right? And when when a I, I okay, I was a missionary. I was a missionary back when I was 21. And I was walking with a missionary that was much older than I, who had already had kids. She was widowed. And she told me, she said, she gave me a great life lesson. And she said, Kate, don't ever leapfrog over your husband uh, to get to your husband. And I, and, and I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, she goes, go through God to get to your husband or go through your husband to get to God, but don't um, leapfrog your way there. She goes, be mindful of helping him learn the lessons he needs to learn by respecting him in that relationship than just you being you and just and just going right to uh, what you think needs to be done what you think it's all about she said that men need to be um counted on they need to be in these in these positions too so they can learn there these certain things mm-hmm. and it made total sense to me at the time and it still does and i thought to myself so many girls out there what are they learning right now every movie every uh, show every everything is girl power you can do it without the guys you don't even need a man have a baby do anything in life you don't even need him you, he's unnecessary irrelevant what Correct. You, yes, and and what you said is is just so true. Now, I, when I was young, I made a lot of mistakes in life, mm-hmm. but my wife never ever stopped me from making those mistakes. She never tried to put her foot down. She mm-hmm. never tried to take control, even though many times she knew I was making that mistake because she knew I'd learned from it. Yep. Makes you a better man. And I became a better man because of it. And here we are still together after 39 years. If she'd have fought me, we'd have been divorced early, right, early right, on. Right, right, right. And I'm sure so many people could call right now with that same lesson, yep. you know? Yep. Um, because for some reason, we want to change what is instinctively us. We want to change that. And, and what is that quest for power? So what made so many women latch on to so many lies? What made them follow her around like she was some rock star all over the globe? What made those words that she was saying uh, so powerful? And these women to this day, when they were doing the Women's March, they couldn't even define the march. If you asked one person and the one person standing next to them, they had completely different views about why they were there. And most of it was because I want to be noticed and I want power and I want people to see my power. And I just thought... Satan much? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, it's not about that. You know, there's a thing called quiet power. Okay. 
And really, really, I think valiant women display this. And it's just a knowing and it's an understanding that you have all of these gifts as a woman, but you are willing to let everyone else be themselves too. And that you don't need to be the most powerful person in the room, Mm -hmm. even though you might be, (laughs) you don't need to actually put it out there. It's called quiet power. It's, it's funny because I know that people would call up and, and say, um, cause I'm half expecting these calls right now is, you know, there are men that exercise all kinds of power over women and they're terrible and awful. And yeah, they do exist. They really do. Mm -hmm. They do, but they are not most Men, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Gloria Steinem, Uh another now type. Right. She, one of her quotes was, a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. That was one of her big ones, you know? And I mean, basically that's their whole Mm -hmm. line. You know, women don't need men. Yeah. Women don't need men. And uh, you'll see this more and more right now. You're seeing it a lot in the schools. They're pushing this mantra. They're also pushing it in TV and movies. The, the woman, the the woman savior of it all is the new, the new hero. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yeah, hi. i got some several thoughts on this. First of all, you asked the question, why are there so many followers? Mm-hmm. It's because there was a power above this woman that was behind the movement, but there was a movement. The movement was really a part of the great, uh, the mm-hmm. great society, excuse me, the uh, conspiracy. Right. And that's why these uh, schools, universities have these women's studies courses. I have a niece that graduated for one. Mm-hmm. She's a pure Marxist. Uh, she lies all the time. And there's a great percentage of them that actually believe that it should be illegal for men to run for election. They really, reparations. Uh, they're, you know, been victim. They're, mm-hmm. they're just another collective. They've been told they've been victimized. Mm-hmm. And so you're entitled to all these special privileges. Right. It's really something. Uh, there's a man that tours the country for decades now, and he has a great organization. His name's Dean Grosscocher. Mm-hmm. And he talks on this subject. You can look him up, or I can send you the, And one of the things he did is he analyzed great uh, societies for a thousand years, and he found that no great society or nation, powerful nation, was uh, anything but a patriotic society. And he believes this is one of the reasons they're pushing a uh, matriarchal society mm-hmm. is to destroy, help destroy America. And he would make a great uh, guest for your show. Oh yeah, but it's collect- this is collectivism. We've got to we've got to point that out first and foremost. Right. And and one other point, you know, we keep leaving God out of the equation. I think you referenced it a little bit, mm-hmm. but God said. The man should leave the family. Yeah, yep. I mean, you yep. can say those words. Yep. Why don't we start listening to God? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that that it, that He did it that way. That it was instigated that way from the beginning of time. And and when we seek to change that in the last five decades, look what's happened to our society. Look around. It is a state of chaos because of this. And so by their fruits, you shall know them. This is such an easy lesson. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. So. You keep our kids away from those women's mm-hmm. study classes unless they, you've properly raised them because they'll just destroy them. And they'll, they'll make yep. tools, they'll make instruments out of them to destroy our society, our nation. And that's what they're doing. Yep. Thank you for that. Really appreciate the phone call. Uh, it's one, so true. One more quote. Okay. From Gloria. Okay. We've begun to raise daughters more like sons. 
<laughs> but few of us have the courage to raise our sons more like our daughters. Oh, gosh. No. Yeah. She said that she out said loud? That out loud. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. You know, listening to this really makes me think about how how much difference there is between children who are raised in a two-parent home and a single-parent home. Yes, ma'am. That's true. You need a mom and a dad yeah. to help guide these kids. There's things that a dad can contribute that a mom can't, yep. and vice versa. You you know, you see all these statistics of, of these moms who are trying to raise kids on their own and how hard it is and how much trouble a lot of these kids get into. Not all, but some, you yeah. know. Yep. And it's... It's because they really do need that balance. They need what I they can contribute because a mom can't be a mom and a dad. Yep. There's no way. I agree with you. I yep. agree with you. He was God was very smart when he designed this. Thank you so much. Exactly. I appreciate yep. the yep. phone call. Uh, I love that. One more caller. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Caller, you're live. All righty. I call, oops, okay. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Great calls, by the way. Yes. Um, and I and I think we all realize that. What's sad is that this is the, this is the sad part. Women don't feel like they can say this out loud. Do you know I'll probably get some emails saying I was brave to say this? Because what the media will do then is they take these snippets of these conversations, mm-hmm. right? Or, or people walk away going, I can't believe her. I am powerful. I am all powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you have power. You're not all powerful. You have power and so do men. And, and, and if we work together, and we respect each other, do you know how much better we are? Do you know what a better woman I am? If I can support my husband in his role, do you know what a better man he is if he supports me? I mean, my gosh, that's how it was designed. You certainly don't become stronger yeah. by weakening your partner. <laughs> exactly. That's an absolute but fact. You're bingo. But isn't that exactly what's happening that's in America? What, it's okay. exactly what's happening. Weakening your partner. And, uh, and I'll, you know, I, I fear what the generation uh, that's being raised now is going to be like as marriage partners. As parents, because if if they're on a quest to turn, I, I have a liberal friend that said, um, she's in California, that said, I am raising my son as a feminist. And I went, I just wanted to cry when I saw that. I thought, what are you teaching him? I can't even imagine. But because if it's even half the lies that Millette was about, I, I just can't even imagine. But these women think that they're doing a great thing. Um, by, by just castrating these poor boys. I just, exactly. <laughs> I just That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And I, I just, my, my, my heart sank when I heard that. I thought, Oh no, he's going um, to be so confused in his yeah, life, especially yeah. once they, once a young man hits puberty, mm-hmm. if he's in a relationship like that with a mother like that, mm-hmm. he's in deep trouble. Yeah. Deep trouble because he's not going to understand the feelings he's having at all. And she means well. That's the thing. She thinks that this is society's answer. Right. Um, And and so I just wanted to say, you know, about the Kate Millettes, the the 15 women that sat around that table that designed that movement. And they were very they were quite successful in doing so. It didn't take something huge to do that. They literally sat around a dining room table and designed this feminist movement. Mm -hmm. And they were very creative in how they implemented every step of the way. And they did it they were smart about it. They really did. If you wanna if you want to undo taboos, what a great way to do it. Start with education. And 
what it's done to society. If you want to get society back, you have to undo that by educating these young kids on their roles and educating your young boys in what a boy does and what a man does um, inside that home and to look for those women that will honor that. And women... There is such a role for you in in raising children. And sometimes I know we want everything right and the career and everything else. But the first and foremost role is that we were designed as nurturers. We were designed as these women. And so I just I, I feel I feel for people out there that are trying to find their way. And they have a very confusing message out there. Let's just hope that we can educate. <laughs> And in, in, in why the why those roles are important. You are awesome. You are awesome. You are awesome. Be back tomorrow. Bye. By the way, you can email me, Kate at katedallyradio.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. And I'll see you tomorrow. Be faithful, be fearless. Are you tired of your vehicle? The British are coming. Quick, put up your gun-free zone sign and run to your safe space, said no founding father ever. The Kate Daly Show starts now. What if the Constitution no longer applied? What if the government could write any law, regulate any behavior, and tax any event? What if you could love your country, but hate what the government has done to it? What if Jefferson was right? What if that government is best which governs least? What if freedom's greatest hour of danger is now? Well, hi there. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Glad you're tuning in. Streaming the show, listening on your local dial, whatever it may be, we're just glad you're joining us. We have a lot to learn today, like we do every day. And I've got Uncle Milty with me. How hello. are you? And uh, hello. And we're here to uh, to just uh, kind of fill our minds and, and understand what's going on in our country, and also uh, get educated. All the things we we didn't learn all along. Um, really, uh, we we must have these moments where we where we absorb um, information and and understand more than information, wisdom. Where we understand wisdom, and we can really sort of. I don't know, adopt these perspectives on true history and on our Constitution and on all of these things that are really at the base and, and the founding principles to which the Constitution is based on. Got to have an understanding of that. So welcome to the program. You can go to katedallyradio.com and uh, and you can uh, look at the podcast and, and listen to those, share those with friends and family so they can uh, be up to speed as well. You can also email me at kate at katedallyradio.com. The Facebook page is The Kate Daly Show. And of course, on Twitter, it's Kate on the Blaze. And so happy that you are joining us. I have a great guest, uh, Uncle Milty, and I've invited Art Thompson on. He is CEO of the, the John Birch Society. And we wanted to uh, spend some time with uh, you, Art, just to be able to sort of pick your brain about what's going on right now, where we're headed, where we've been, uh, true history, how important that is. Boy, we have a lot to ask you. And so welcome to the program, Art Thompson. Well, thank you for asking me on. Pleasure absolutely, to be here. absolutely. Uh, where do we start? You know, um, 
as CEO of the John Birch Society, and the John Birch Society has been around uh, for decades, you have really uh, grown and, and started kind of espousing the things that you were espousing years ago um, when uh, people, many people probably just wouldn't even, couldn't even take in the information, I, I would imagine, um, because there was so much, there was a lot of truth contained in what was being said. And sometimes it's hard for people to absorb that. What has that journey been like for you uh, to be able to, you know, now CEO and, and what has that journey been like going through with the, with the John Birch Society and the growth that you've seen in all these years. Well, it's it's been a, an interesting life, believe me. Um, I, I started out as a little kid. I, I had the luxury of having a father that uh, taught me the Constitution and Declaration of Independence by the time I was nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had me read all of the life uh, biographies of uh, our founders. Uh, and and that sort of thing, and and it really gave me a basis for my heroes, and an understanding of government. So that was the way I was raised, and I was raised in Seattle, uh, and and in that area, there, there's a lot of communists in Seattle. I don't know if you know that or not, but no. there are. Mm-hmm. In fact, the uh, the situation in Washington State in those years. Uh, was uh, under Franklin Delano Roosevelt, his postmaster general, James Farley. He's the man that coined the the phrase, uh, the 47 states and the Soviet of Washington. Hmm. And he meant, you know, the, that's when we had 48 states. Right. And and so uh, at one time, uh, the, the Washington state legislature had more communists in it than any other state in the Union, uh, oh that gosh. sort of thing. Uh, you go down on the waterfront. And today you go on TV and you see that famous fish market down on mm-hmm. uh, Pike Street. Yep, market I've been where there. Throwing the, the salmon in the air. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in those years, uh, it was not unusual to see communist uh, placards plastered all over the place and people on mm. the street corners selling the worker, uh, that sort of thing. That's that's the atmosphere I grew up in, mm. and I saw some of the things that they were pulling as a child and understood uh, what they were doing. Uh, and it, so I read a lot of communist literature in those years, mm-hmm. uh, just out of curiosity. And so I, I grew up understanding what they were doing, the, the kind of hypocrisy that they engaged in, mm-hmm. and uh, how they manipulated things, and realized that they had been infiltrating into other areas besides just standing on the street selling newspapers. Ah, yeah. So that's the kind of thing I grew up in. And when I went, finally uh, served my time. Uh, you know, in training in the Army and then came home, there was a big blast against this outfit called the John Birch Society. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything they were saying in the in the papers that the John Birch Society was claiming, I said, well, yeah, that's I know that. What, what, what's the problem? But I didn't like what they were calling the John Birch Society, anti-Semitic, anti-Negro, right. anti-this, anti-that. And I thought, well, how can they be so right on this but wrong on that? Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, I I, uh, found a guy one day was doorbelling my neighborhood Mm -hmm. back in 1963 and um, struck up a conversation with him. He was passing out some material. And finally, I asked him if he was a member of the John Birch Society, and and he said, uh, "Well, why? Why do you want to know?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> he was a little leery. Yeah. And so I said, "Well, I'm interested in maybe joining." Oh. Well, mm-hmm. several months later, I did join in something like March or May, something in there, 1964, mm-hmm. uh, and discovered to my delight 
once on the inside that that all these charges against the society relative to their racism and all of that business was just balderdash hmm. and it was just used as a smear to keep people away so at any rate uh, i rose in the ranks pretty quick uh, mm-hmm. chapter leader committee chairman uh, mm-hmm. section leader speakers chairman support your local police chairman that kind sure. of thing uh, finally i was asked on the staff and I was on the staff for about 11 or 12 years as a state coordinator, mm-hmm. uh, but then went back into business for a few years and then came back on and then rose up uh, through the ranks uh, into being uh, named the CEO by the board. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, all through that time, it was very obvious that, that the biggest thing that we were fighting were, were two, three things primarily. Okay. One was ignorance. Uh, the schools were not teaching what they should have been teaching. I remember even when I was in high school, I was taught that there's no difference between a republic and a democracy. It's just a matter of which word you want to use. She's oh, interchangeable, yeah. right. a mob rule interchangeable, and a republic. You know, there's no difference. Wow. And another one uh, that my civics instructor told us was communism isn't a bad system. It's just bad people have tried to implement it. Oh, uh, all sorts of things like that that I remember from my youth. So I, I know today it's even worse. Yeah. Uh, you know, the civics and the, and the study of the Constitution is almost nil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things that people are ignorant about. But it's also an ignorance of the basic principles on which our republic were founded to begin with. Mm. Yeah. And so we're, we're dealing with ignorance, but we're also dealing with uh, a layer of, uh, of responsibility mm-hmm that used to be there that isn't there any longer amongst the the general population. In other words, they don't assume responsibility all across the board, individual responsibility, Mm -hmm. civic responsibility, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to overcome that as well. And and it manifests manifests itself in some of this millennial business of not assuming responsibility for your actions, like you're owed everything Mm -hmm. just because you exist. Instead of uh, being able to earn something and and right. uh, that and raising a family and and so on and so forth, but the biggest problem that we deal with and and the biggest thing that Robert Welch, the founder of the John Birch Society, said was the 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 nub of the problem in our country was the deterioration of morality. Yeah, all yeah. across the board. And it, 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 and part of that morality also is in, involved with responsibility. Mm-hmm. Responsibility is a moral thing. And, uh, and so we see a deterioration of morality for a number of different reasons. And all these things are going on because essentially what we are battling, regardless of the organization involved uh, on the socialist side of the, of the equation, they all have a common denominator, the two things that they want to do. Number one is to eliminate God out of society. Mm -hmm. Take it out of the schools, take it out of all public life, strip it off the public buildings, take it off our coins, you name it. We don't want God to be involved anywhere in our public life. Mm -hmm. And secondly is to build a one-world government. So uh, that is the two main elements. Now, there are a lot of issues, there are a lot of agenda that are involved in arriving at that point. But generally speaking, those it boils all down to those two primary problems: mm-hmm. getting rid of God and building a world government. Do you do you and find so, it kind of interesting that that 40 years ago they would have said tinfoil hatware, and now they're finally realizing that yes, 
as presidents have exclaimed their love for the new world order publicly, that we're finally in a state of realizing that this isn't something shadowy that anyone invented or, or people are pointing at. This is a very real thing, and it's happening right now. Are you, are, is it, there's, there's some vindication in that? There has to be <laughs> some vindication. Finally, well, people seeing it. I mean, you, you know, you can feel good as you're yeah. standing in line of the concentration right, camp. Right. It doesn't do you any good. That's so exactly. true. <laughs> See, I told you I was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Oh, gosh. The whole, the whole thing is, is, right. is organizing against all of this. Mm. And, and that's the thing that, that the John Birch Society does. The reason the John Birch Society was attacked so many years ago, we were, we're going to celebrate our 60th anniversary this wow. year, is, is not as much as uh, what we were saying. Mm-hmm. which was it was truth, but because of the way we were organized. And nobody is organized like we are even today on the right side of the ledger. Mm. The, the, the conspiracy, as we refer to them, on the other side has been able to organize for 230 years. We've been fighting it in this country for 230 years, mm-hmm. and most Americans are unaware of that oh, yeah. until recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're beginning to un- believe that, yes, a political conspiracy does exist. They may not be able to put a name to it other than something like the swamp or the mm-hmm. deep state or, or something of that nature. But they are beginning to understand, yes, there is a conspiracy of people who have an agenda to bring about a totalitarian state as part of a new world order. And when they see presidents and and politicians and and other organizations saying that we need a new world order, uh, you know, pretty soon bells start start to go off in their head. Mm-hmm. The problem that we we have with the, with the schools today, however, is that generally they're not teaching the kids to love our country and understand our country and how it is so distinctive and stands out heads and shoulders above every other country on earth by the way we were organized and on the foundation on which we were organized. A great experiment, never done before in history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so we, we are starting to see, just like I visited Poland last year, even, even there they have people who are beginning to understand what has happened to them. Mm-hmm. And and the betrayal that's 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 happened not just from uh, Russia and Germany and even the United States but from their own Polish government in, in some cases. There has never been a better time than right now to start a career with Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature is hiring various positions, including management, specialty, and entry level. Balance of Nature pays competitive wages, starting at $15 per hour for entry level positions. Balance of Nature benefits are exceptional, including health care, fresh lunches, a gym membership and personal trainer, an unlimited supply of Balance of Nature products, and educational opportunities. Balance of Nature is making a massive impact on people's health. If you are interested in being a part of our cause and want to help grow this local St. George company into a global organization making a difference to millions of individuals around the world, apply right now at balanceofnature.com careers. Find the culture and career you've been searching for. 
Again, go to balanceofnature.com slash careers. Summer is hot, but the deals are cool at Finley Subaru. Like 0% APR for 63 months on 2021 Legacy. Subaru is a four-time best overall brand winner and the most trusted brand seven years running according to Kelly Blue Book. Head to cooler mountain temperatures for parks, lakes, biking, hiking, and kayaking. It's adventure elevated in your new Finley Subaru because we believe in you. On the saving side of the freeway, FinleySubaru.com. OAC with SMF. How would you like to earn $60,000 to $200,000 a year? Right now, join the Advanced Air team. Advanced Air is looking for experienced technicians and installers now. Advanced Air offers a sign-on bonus, paid vacations, holiday pay, a company match IRA, and medical benefits. At Advanced Air, you can earn $60,000 to $200,000 a year. So come join this family-owned team today. Call 435-668-7454 or advancedair.com. Snoring is easily one of the most annoying sounds on earth. But Tempur-Pedic, God love them, just came up with a brilliant solution. The new Tempur-Ergo Smart Face actually senses your snoring and adjusts your mattress to help eliminate it. Hi, I'm Dave Mizrahi, owner of Best Mattress. Come see this amazing technology and get two free Tempur-Pedic pillows with the purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. We have a large in-stock selection for fast, free delivery and no interest financing for up to 72 months. Best Mattress. Sleep easy, friends. See store for details. We hear a lot of chatter these days about protecting the environment and the importance of the green movement. But of all the clean energy sources, the one that's doing the best job of protecting the planet with how clean it truly is, along with its abundance and affordability, and just so happens to be American, it's propane. Yes, propane. Look up the facts for yourself. And if you'd like a career with an industry that shares these values and is set to grow by nearly $50 billion by 2026, go to findapropanejob.com. Copiers for Sale offers Southern Utah the best quality and pricing on printers, copiers, and plotters. They sell, lease, and service any equipment your business or home office needs. CopiersForSale.com, a local company and division of Steamroller Copies, is always asking, what do you want to print today? Boulevard Mattress, located at Boulevard Home on Mall Drive, where you can get an incredible mattress at a low, low price. And St. George Ink and Toner, now at their new location, 237 North Bluff, Southern Utah's number one place to purchase all your home and business printing supplies. St. George Ink and Toner. The 2021 Best of Southern Utah results are in, and the winner is Prolong Medical Center, gold medal winner in the category of men's health. Gentlemen, are you having trouble with intimacy in your relationship? Have you tried other companies' erectile dysfunction treatments and were just uncomfortable with a lack of a customized treatment plan? It's time to call Prolong Medical Center in St. George, where they will create a customized treatment plan with advanced acoustic waves to help restore natural and long-lasting results. If you've tried other companies and felt like just another number, it's time for you to call Prolong Medical Center and find out why they were voted gold medal in men's health for best of Southern Utah. Call today for a no-obligation appointment and get your customized treatment plan designed to promote a healthy blood flow. And over the course of six sessions, you can experience unprecedented long-term results. Call Prolong Medical Center at 435-375-5000 or prolongmedical.com. 
Are you tired of your vehicle? Want to trade it in? Ken Garf St. George Ford wants your car. Right now, demand for used cars is at an all-time high, so they have higher trade-in values than ever. Want to know how much you can get for it? Stop by the dealership and they'll give you an offer in just 10 minutes. There's no obligation to purchase a new car from them, but if you're looking to upgrade, they'll help you find the perfect new vehicle at a great price. Stop by and see them today at 145 Auto Mall Drive. And remember, Ken Garf St. George Ford wants your car. This show is pre-recorded. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Well, I hold back well, I hold back You can send me up at the gates of hell, but I Daly Show. That's actually Eddie Vedder singing I Won't Back Down, the Johnny uh, uh, Cash uh, uh, classic. Welcome back to the show, and of course you're listening to Kate Daly, the Kate Daly Show. I've got Uncle Milty with me. Hello. And we also have a fantastic guest with us, uh, author Art Thompson, who's also CEO of the John Birch Society. Wanted to check in with him and, and kind of pick his brain on on how he sees things going today and, and some of the danger uh, dangers that we need to be aware of today, real dangers, not contrived by the media. Um, and their hoaxy uh, explanations of it, but real, real stuff. And also, the book, uh, To the Victors Go the Myths and Monuments, and it's a fantastic title when you really think about it, because in history, um, that that is, it's who we prop up in history, uh, you know, to the victors, whoever we decide those victors are, go the myths and the monuments and, and everything else. And so it's kind of amazing, uh, a book on true history that you can learn so much from, as uh, art really puts together so much for you in that book. I mean, that book is a treasure trove. Uh, so welcome back to the show, Art Thompson. Yo, ready to go. Absolutely. In <laughs> fact, uh, we were just talking off the air. You know, you, you, you go up to Washington, D.C., talk with the, the individuals there. What do you find? <laughs> what do you find when you go and try to explain, explain things? Well, uh, usually, things? first of all, we're not a lobbying organization. Sure. So we're there yeah. a lot, way out in front before anything becomes an issue on some things. And mm-hmm. so... For instance, the, the, just to give you an example, we started a campaign to inform people of the problems with the TPP, or the Trans-Pacific Partnership, mm-hmm. so, uh, about four years ago. And um, I went in and I talked to individually, one-on-one, with about, oh, well, it was over 30, I think about 36 congressmen. Not one of them knew what I was talking about. Not one. Wow. <laughs> and, and, but they were all for free trade. You know, huh. and so uh, I said, "Yeah, but we're not talking about free trade. What we're talking about is an agreement that has five chapters on trade, and the other twenty-nine chapters are all about building international government and, and tying the hands of Congress." And uh, finally, through that and the work of our members out in the field and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, it became a campaign issue by 2016, and then Trump ostensibly uh, kiboshed it, but that's still in the, it's still in the works. His, a lot of his team behind the scenes is trying to get him to change his mind. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, such organ- uh, agreements and treaties and that sort of thing uh, amend the Constitution without the amending process. Mm-hmm. Congress uh, is has got more power than any other branch of the of the government. You know, we're taught or we're taught in schools that uh, we have three equal branches. Well, it's not true. We have three branches, but Congress can control the president, and it can control the Supreme Court. It can actually deny the Supreme Court the ability to decide a case if it wants to. And uh, most people don't study the Constitution close enough to realize that. They can impeach the president, uh, all sorts of things. And, And they are the only body that can pass law. Now, when you think about that, are regulations law? No. No. Well, they are in their implementation. Right. It, in, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying. And, and it's done yeah. behind the scenes. Policy. That's and, correct. And, right. and what you're talking about, is it all done behind the scenes with unelected individuals? <laughs> That's <laughs> correct. difficult to fight. And, and so we have, we have a federal, uh, we have the, the executive branch uh, producing quote-unquote law. We have the Supreme Court producing quote-unquote law, but that is the prerogative only of Congress. But these treaties do it, too, and this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. What they do is surrender the, the part of the Constitution that gives the power to the Congress to regulate foreign trade. And they say, due to this agreement, we are surrendering this to this new international commission based on this new treaty. And those commissions are amassing themselves more and more to where Congress has less and less Mm -hmm. to say about commerce. So that is, in in essence, amending the Constitution in the process. It's taking away Mm -hmm. those powers given to the Congress and transferring them to an international body. That is not legal in the strict sense of the term. And I didn't agree of, with it. <laughs> right. And he didn't agree with it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Not true. Yeah, Uncle so, Mickey was just saying that. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, those those things are, are, are going on. But, but even more so, one of the biggest problems with, with educating people and getting them to understand what's going on is that none of these things in and of themselves stand alone. Mm-hmm. In other words, these treaties are part of an agenda. They are an agendum of the agenda. Uh, just like Obamacare was part of the agenda, just like uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, trying to nationalize the police is part of an agenda. All these things have to fit together. Mm-hmm. And the, the main thing that they're trying to accomplish on an international scale is to merge the United States into all of these agreements until we wake up one day and find out, hey, wait a minute, we're part of the European Union or the American Union mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, we won't have a say-so any longer in in, uh, what we do because we've lost our independence and the Constitution has been abrogated. But one of the things that... that, uh, Let me give you an example of balancing the budget, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we hear a lot of people say, we've got to balance the budget. And I have no problem with trying to balance the budget. That the problem that is involved in it, no matter even if you had a, a constitutional amendment saying you've got to balance the budget or anything else, is it does not take into account the ability of these international commissions through these tra- trade treaties to regulate our own economy mm-hmm. and our own uh, tariffs and excise taxes and the ability to even make uh, enough money to balance the budget. I mean, if, if they lower our economy... The budget keeps going down and down and down 
not because we're getting rid of government and and getting rid of the cost of government, Mm -hmm. but because our economy just can't afford a budget any longer to the extent that that we want, whether it's right or wrong. And so these things are all interrelated, what what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 also this this whole idea of NAFTA, when you when you look at the people who who promoted NAFTA to begin with, like Kissinger and and others, they all said that this is a new international agreement that leads to a new world order. And everybody says, oh, what's that? Right. And 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 it's true. Mm-hmm. The problem is we don't need a better deal because you can always recover from jobs. You can always recover from from a, a bad economy, but you cannot recover from a loss of independence. And so no matter what kind of a deal we get through NAFTA, even if it's a good deal for jobs and the economy, we're still locked into this international agreement, which is very, very dangerous. And these guys, after Trump, can come down the road with whoever gets elected and start to beef NAFTA up again, you see. So true. So they... So they need to have that thing on the books. They're, they're, they're dying to keep it on the books. Uncle Milty has yeah. a question for you. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just I'm curious. Do you, do you have any feeling or sense that President Trump is just using this talk about making NAFTA more fair as a way to get to the point to get us out of it? I'm not sure. Uh, the, the problem I have with all of that is he, for, for instance, appointed Lighthizer as his uh, his uh, negotiator, and Lighthizer has got an over 20-year history with the Council on Foreign Relations, right. uh, which is an organization mm-hmm. that, that wants a one-world government. And so, you know, it, it's it's a problem to being... Uh, here, let me back up a second, because I have found over the years that you can talk to a guy, and he's really got sound economics. And I'm not talking about Lighthizer or Trump or anybody right now in particular. I'm just talking about a, a, a politician can 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 spout all the right things about the economy, but if he does not talk about the international aspects of where we're going and the dangers of where we're going in that regard, he's not to be trusted. Mm. I found that over the years uh, tr- uh, as as a tremendous problem, particularly in the Republican Party, which I worked in for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd look right at you and sound just like you wanted to hear. But when they got into positions of power, they were totally different. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some individuals, by the way, in Congress who are very, very good. A couple of them in particular. I'm not going to get into personalities mm-hmm. uh, that, I'm, that I'm talking about here. But there are some men who, who really do understand what's going on and are doing everything they can uh, to fight it in Congress. In fact, the last time I was in one of their offices, this guy is screaming at me. Now, he wasn't mad at me. He was so mad mm-hmm. at his fellow congressman. He was yelling, this Congress is bought and paid for. Hmm. And and he says, you can't get them to do anything. I went into another congressman's office, and uh, he came in later. He had, a, he had something that kind of uh, interrupted his schedule a little bit. But in the interim, I was talking to his aide. And his aide said, look, the, even the best of the Republicans uh, won't stand up for anything anymore. They're a bunch of wimps. <laughs> right. And, 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 uh, and I reminded them of that the last time I was there. And they kind of got a little red in the face because 
He said it without his congressman being in the office with me. <laughs> but this time his congressman was in the office with me. Right. So so it was uh, kind of right. funny to see him kind of get a little bit uh, embarrassed by what he said there. But it's true. Yeah. These guys, you know, you, you, you see this on, on talk show mm-hmm. uh, TV or not. It's not talk show TV, but commentary t- television. Mm-hmm. You see it on talk shows where there's a concern about so-and-so not doing enough, not doing anything. How come they're not investigating? Right. How come they're this and that, and they're slowing things down? And you've got a list of people to interview, and you haven't interviewed anybody for six months, and so on and so forth. They're captured by the system. Mm-hmm. The system in Congress is is really, um, I don't know how to describe it, frankly. It, it is uh, incredible. A lot of people are not even aware, for instance, that you have to pay for your chairmanship uh, when you uh, get appointed to these chairs. It isn't simply that you agree with the Speaker of the House. You've got to put put X amount of money into the Republican National Committee's coffers Mm -hmm. in order to hold those positions, anywhere from 50 grand to 150 grand. And like one congressman told me, he says, now, look, you don't buy those seats. You rent them. (laughs) <laughs> because it, wow. you know it, yeah. it, it keeps coming around. Yeah, another yeah. 150, another 150. Isn't that the truth? And, I mean, what would it, what would it look like, Art, with uh, if we didn't have these parties? The parties have become bigger than life. It's all about the party, and somewhere in there was lost a long time ago. Um, what what we truly send representatives in for, and it has become you have to kind of buy your way into the party the whole time you're in office. Now, what would it look like if we didn't have parties? If if we weren't doing that in America? Well, I'm afraid that that condition probably would never exist as long as there's a conspiracy out there to take power, Mm. because they would form parties, factions, as Washington called Mm -hmm. them. But the original parties were formed primarily because of the beginning of this conspiracy, as I point out in my book, that is not part of the education we get when we study the Federalists versus the uh, the, the Republican Democrats, or Republicans mm-hmm. originally is what they were called, but then they became the Republican Democrats and finally the Democrats. But these things uh, were happening in our in our country uh, where we were having outside agents coming into our country trying to take over mm-hmm. uh, the United States. Mm-hmm. Volkswagen has taken the all-electric vehicle to a whole new level with the ID4 EV SUV. Voted 2021 World Car of the Year. The all-new Volkswagen ID4 EV SUV is truly something to behold. On the outside, clean aerodynamic lines make for a striking presence on the road. On the inside, plenty of room makes for a spacious, comfortable cabin. It will transform what you think about electric cars. Best of all, you can reserve yours right now at Finley Volkswagen. 1333 Sell the Driver, stgeorgevw.com. This is Greg Aldred, candidate for St. George City Council. I'm running to defend our American heritage. Let's preserve Dixie and fight the council culture. I back the blue to keep our cities safe. We need well-trained law enforcement officers who will uphold the Constitution and the rule of law. We must also hold the line on taxes and spending. I'm a friend of the taxpayer, and I have pledged to oppose new taxes. Vote Greg Aldred, St. George City Council. The 2021 Best of Southern Utah results are in. And the winner is Prolong Medical Center. 
gold medal winner in the category of men's health. Gentlemen, listen closely. Are you having trouble with intimacy in your relationship? Have you tried other companies' erectile dysfunction treatments and were just uncomfortable with the lack of a customized treatment plan? It's time to call Prolong Medical Center in St. George, where they will create a customized treatment plan with advanced acoustic waves to help restore natural and long-lasting results. If you tried other companies and felt like just another number, it's time for you to call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 435-375-5000 for a no-obligation consultation today. You'll get your customized treatment plan designed to promote healthy blood flow, and over the course of six sessions, you can experience unprecedented long-term results that significantly improve the quality of your life. Call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 435-375-5000 or prolongmedical.com. Have you heard of the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program? Families and qualified households are offered internet billing assistance. The Emergency Broadband Benefit Program is a temporary government program that offers a $50 monthly discount on your InfoWest broadband bill for qualifying households. To learn more about the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program, including if you qualify and how to enroll, visit InfoWest.com forward slash EBB or call 435-773-6065. Hi, this is Carl Lamar, and I want to take a moment and talk to you about a serious problem facing our community. Did you know that more than 93,000 people died from drug overdoses in the U.S. last year? And 2020 was the year for the highest number of drug overdose deaths ever recorded. The stats are grim, and listen to this. It's no exception for Southern Utah either. There are measures, though, that can be taken to mitigate the damage. A major priority for 2021 is going to be use evidence, use compassion, and get the treatments and support to people who need them. I want to tell you about my friends at Lionsgate Recovery. Lionsgate is a drug and alcohol rehab here in Southern Utah. They've got locations in St. George, Tokerville, Cedar City, and Parowan. Oh, and by the way, they now accept Medicaid. Lionsgate was voted best treatment center in Southern Utah two years in a row. Call their 24-hour hotline at 866-471-9476 or go to lionsgaterehab.com. Lionsgate, people in recovery, helping people find recovery. Come out to Southern Utah's number one golf course, Copper Rock, voted 2021's best golf course in Southern Utah. Going on right now is the Granite Lion Cellars Wednesday Skins Game. There is over a $700 hole-in-one pot that keeps growing, plus an additional $500 added each week from the sponsor. Don't forget Copper Rock's $45 twilight rate after 2 o'clock every day. The Copper Rock Cafe is open till 7 o'clock each day and extended hours till 9 on Tuesdays. Go to copperrock.com for all the details. Does your wife look at you with disappointment every time she opens the garage door? Rose Concrete Coatings and Design has concrete floor solutions specifically designed to make you and your wife say wow. Rose Concrete Floors are not only low cost, they are built to last. Protect the investment of your concrete, improve the look and cleanability of your outdoor patio and driveway. You can rest easy with their guaranteed coatings and stains. Call Sam with any questions or for a free bid, 435-229-2920 or go to roseconcretestain.com for pictures and samples. I'm Larry Gelwix, the getaway guru for Columbus travel and fun jet vacations. It's double discount days to the sunny beaches of Hawaii and Mexico. First, you get a discount on your air and hotel package. Then we drop your price up to an additional $400. It's a discount on top of a discount. Restrictions apply. Call Columbus Travel, 800-373-3328 or online at columbusvacations.com. Thanks, Columbus. This show is pre-recorded. Talk lines are open now. 
Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. We were born before the wind. Also younger than the sun. Yeah, the Bonnie boat was one as we sail into the mystic. had to play a little Van Morrison for <laughs> Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. I've got Uncle Milty with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure you get to the website and uh, order up some fruit greens. You'll see my picture with a bottle of fruit greens. I love this product. I started taking it in July. I won't support anything on the show I don't believe in or do myself or take myself. And I've been taking this uh, ever since, and I absolutely love it. And I just got a letter from uh, one of the fans of the show that talked about the fact that it's really helped his diabetes. Um, and it's turned that boat around. And he was just so excited about it. And he just loves uh, fruit greens. Make sure when you click on the picture at katedallyradio.com of, of the fruit greens in my picture, it goes right to the website, but put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E. And you can get uh, 25% off right now. So take advantage of that while we still have that. It really is a fantastic product. 20 fruits and vegetables dehydrated down, and uh, and it's it's a fantastic way to make sure your immune system uh, stays up um, and, and gives you a ton of energy. Welcome back to the show, Art Thompson, CEO of the John Birch Society, picking our Art's brain today on uh, where we're at in the headlines, uh, some of the things concerning him, um, what you're seeing, Art, and of course your book, uh, To the Victors Go, The Missing Monuments, fantastic read on history. In fact, we didn't get true history. I I was in high school in the 80s, and uh, I barely even went to class. It was... (laughs) We didn't get anything. And so, you know, what a, what a fantastic way uh, as adults that we can actually launch in and, and see our true history played out and find out what, was, has, what has really been going on, um, uh, you know, behind the scenes and also in front of the scenes, just things that we just didn't know. So welcome back to the program and, and kind of getting your take uh, on, uh, on Trump, on, on what's going on, uh, like, like we were talking about free trade talking about all these issues that come up it's got to be it's got to be tough um you know to get people to understand and see what's what's truly going on here and has been going on for uh centuries i mean it's got to be tough to be in a position because i know I'm, I'm in that same position of of trying to wake people up and say this is what's going on it's right in front of our face <laughs> it's right there <laughs> what do you think art well the, the thing is that that uh, power corrupts Mm-hmm. And absolute power corrupts absolutely the quote Lord Act and the British Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so any time that you have an accumulation of power, it doesn't matter what it is, in or out of government, but particularly in government, if if power starts to accumulate, it will become corrupt no matter what the the reason for uh that accumulation of power was in the in at the onset. Mm-hmm. It, it's just human nature, and so that's why our our founders uh, produced a government that was it, it initially so fractured uh, relative to responsibility and and power and everything else, plus the the tremendous layers of strength within the American people, American mm-hmm. society, that we've lasted this long with the uh, the most the longest uh, constitution. In, in play. I mean, we have the oldest constitution in the world. Most Americans don't know that because it's such a great document. Right. Every other country, they, you know, every five, six, 25 years, uh, they change their constitution. We don't do that. We've amended it on, on occasion. That's true. 
but the 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 fabric of that constitution is held fairly well mm -hmm. and when we can find people who will adhere to it when they're elected in other words uh, living up to article uh, 6 of the constitution to defend uh, the constitution from all uh, enemies foreign and domestic and and voting constitutional we will basically mm -hmm. save this country again but I it's a matter that. of getting enough people in there to do that yes. now we're taught who the foreign enemies are but you'll notice they never teach us who the domestic <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah they missed that part <laughs> yeah very, and, very and that was the thing also mm -hmm. that got the john birch society into trouble and still does we identify who the enemies are we don't pull any punches well, that leads me to a question though so what three questions would you ask a candidate running for office in america not i mean in any office in america what what three questions would you ask to ascertain their level of understanding their their adherence to principles because we seem to go with values it's like uh well they they share my values so they're a great candidate for office not necessarily i don't want somebody in charge of my liberty that doesn't understand um that the constitution and the principles of the constitution so what three questions would you ask somebody running for office well, to, to know well, first of all before i'd ask him any questions i'd, I'd want to know if the man is honest hmm. If a man or woman is honest, I can work with them. If they're not, there's nothing I can do because I can't tell if they're telling me the truth or lying. Okay. And I may not agree with them politically, but at least I've got a, a level playing field to where I've got a chance to convince them of my particular position. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the questions that I would ask them, for instance, is if they have a, a knowledge of the, the Constitution, how do, they, how do they look at the Constitution? Do, do they look at the Constitution as written? Or is interpreted by the courts. Ooh, great and question. there's a big difference. And will they obey Article 6 of the Constitution to defend it? Then I would ask them, what is your opinion of the 16th and 17th Amendments? Because if they don't understand those two things, they don't understand the, the basic reason why those were not part of the original Constitution. The federal government did not want, I mean, the founders did not want the federal government to be able to directly tax the individual because they knew the power that that would give the federal government over the individual and business. So they didn't have an income tax. Yeah, it became their income. <laughs> so that's how yeah. they thrive. So and that's then the they 17th do. Amendment yeah. took away the balance of Congress and, and, uh, because we have two houses. Mm -hmm. But both houses are elected by the same people now, the, the voter. That wasn't the way it was. The, the Senate was to represent the states, and so the legislatures uh, elected their senators to represent the states. Mm -hmm. Do you know, until we had the 17th Amendment, we didn't have any of these crazy treaties that, that abrogated the rights mm -hmm. of, of, uh, of our people? Great point. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and, because, and another thing, too, the, that we, we didn't always have a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. But the way, but the way the balance, the the budget was balanced was, if they went over budget, they dunned all the states for the overage based on population. In other words, uh, let's say uh, uh, West Virginia would not be taxed to the level of New York, for instance, because they had less people. Mm -hmm. But uh, and and so when the senator came home and had to stand in front of the legislature to 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 answer for his vote for that overage of the budget. It meant he's, he was putting his job on the line because the legislature might not vote for him next time.
And so, because the legislature had to come up with that extra dough. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) you know, and and so it was a tremendous balance. But the the thing is that that a lot of people don't understand why is the Senate involved in in certain things, uh, uh, confirming uh, the cabinet, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, ratifying treaties and that sort of thing. It's because they represented the states. They no longer represent the states. I don't care if they come from New Mexico or New York. The thing is, they're elected by the voters. They're not elected by the state governments. And that was the thing that they were supposed to do. The state governments built the United States government. And they were the, the main building blocks of, the, of, of our country relative to the government. And that was completely thrown out with the 17th Amendment because they convinced people that we need more democracy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it, and it's hurt us tremendously because since those two amendments were passed, we've had a, a, some serious problems in our country relative to the growth of government and uh, the way they treat people and so on and so forth. Right. Right. So I'd want them, I want to know if they know anything about that. Yeah. Now, you asked me about with three books. Mm-hmm. Yes, three now, books. That's Everybody a tough one. Have. Yeah, it but, is. <laughs> but basically, I would say this: number one is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Bible teaches us a lot about government, not only about how we are to behave, salvation, God, et cetera, et cetera, but it talks about political conspiracies. It talks about the the ins and outs of government and how we are to behave, not only as individuals but as governments. The second one I would say is the Law by Bastiat. I love if it. If they read, read the law by Bastiat, <laughs> that is also a good foundation for the, 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 in fact, it is a rebuttal to the Communist Manifesto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then lastly, I would say Republics and Democracies by Robert Welch. Okay. Talking about what is the difference between these two types of government, what makes one superior to the other and the other one very, very dangerous. Mm. Now, if you want a fourth one, just to mm-hmm. talk sure. about the things that are going on today, even though it's a little bit uh, old, it's mm-hmm. been written, uh, you know, a few years ago, is The Shadows of Power by Perloff. Mm. That gets into the Council on Foreign Relations and its influence within government and uh, foundations and education and media and that sort of thing. And they stand for a one-world government, and it has a membership list of who is involved in that organization in the back. So you can look up somebody that's on television and saying, gee, I don't think I agree with this guy. And you look him up, and lo and behold, he's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. So from the standpoint of, of what's going on right now, it's a good reference point. Absolutely. So those are the, some of the things that I, I would uh, mm-hmm. say. You also asked me a question about can one person make a difference. Mm-hmm. They really can. But they can make a difference when they're more likely connected to real organization. Okay. Being the right person at the right time with the right information or the right person can sometimes make a tremendous difference. A lot of times we don't even see our own uh, work. For instance, mm-hmm. I may go out and, and uh, I'm A, and I talk to B, mm-hmm. and I inform B, and B informs C, and C informs D, and D's in a position to do something about it. And I see that D doing it and see that being done and realize that, wow, that guy's really effective and had no idea that, it, that I was the beginning of the chain of knowledge. 
Oh, it's a great, mm-hmm. great point. Because, you know, a lot of people do the heavy lifting, and then most of, uh, of the Americans are just sort of enjoying the show. And the, the interesting part about this question for you is, what, do you, what percentage of our lives should be dedicated to this? I don't think people ever ask themselves that. They say, my life's busy. I don't have time to, to invest in education or, or understand what's going on. What percentage, if we were all invested into our own liberty in this country and understanding, what percentage would we need? We, maybe not much if we were all all doing that instead of a couple of people doing not, that. Not much if we were all doing it. And sometimes mm-hmm. we scare people off by telling them how, how busy we are. Right. And they don't want to be that busy. <laughs> but it, it's, 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 if you actually, like, say, if you join the John Birch Society and you start to uh, use our tools and our techniques and working with others in there, what you do is you, you slip it into what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. You don't take any that much extra time, if, if at all, and in, in when you first get going, because you're talking to your family. Right. You're with your family. You're talking to your fellow employees. You're already with your employees. You're talking to your people in church. You're already with your people in church. <laughs> and, and you're just simply from time to time slipping them information. And then hopefully down the road they will mm-hmm. become uh, aware of what's going on and want to help do something about it and, and join hands with you yeah. in, in formulating plans in your local community to really do some, some wonderful things. That is a- we have people that, that spend, oh golly, gobs of time mm-hmm. doing these things and others that do very little, but all together it adds up. All together it adds up. Where do you go for your news real quick? Where, where do you go to, to get real headlines because you know how the mainstream is now? Well, generally, I go to to my own website. Mm-hmm. You know, the the people we have working there. We've got lots of of uh, writers and and researchers and that sort of thing at jbs.org. Mm-hmm. And at jbs.org, you can sign up for your daily uh, ed- uh, editors' uh, picks. Mm. And and every day you'll get five articles keeping you abreast of what's going on with the news. Now a lot of it you'll know that it's in the news, but you won't know the nuances that we put put in there mm-hmm. to show you what's behind the news, so to speak, mm-hmm. to give you a better understanding of what's really going on. So that's one place. Another thing that I would recommend right now is to go to jbs.org and order a uh, edition of our magazine, the New American, that we call the Deep State issue. Hmm. In other words, it's a series of articles talking about the deep state that that, uh, has been manifested now since the election of of Trump Mm -hmm. and exposing just what's behind all this and who's behind all of it and so on and so forth. It's a very popular edition of our magazine, Deep State Issue, The New American. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. I uh, I so appreciate you coming on and, and kind of sharing with us uh, your perspective on, on things that we need to be aware of. And, and we have about 30 seconds. Anything you've got your eye on now that, that is a real danger, and I mean real danger, uh, that you're feeling? Uh, the idea that Trump's going to take care of it for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, very, very that true. That bothers me yep. because uh, he's he can't. Yeah. And he can't, even if he wants to, unless we uh, get behind the things that he's doing that are right and yeah. letting him know through educating right. him right. Uh, where he might be wrong. Right. Like you say, he, his heart might be in the good place, but we've got to be, as a people, yep. kind of rise up and and, uh, and make that known. Uh, thank you so much, Art Thompson. Oh, I, my pleasure. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, what a great guest. We'll be right back with a lot more on headlines. And, and, uh, and like you said, all those nuances that we don't mm-hmm. catch in the mainstream. We'll be right back on KateDallyRadio.com, KateDallyRadio.com.
Hi, this is Dr. Lewis. Are you